Welcome to the We've Never Had a Podcast with so many picks in common. Look out. It could be a monster win or a disaster. <laughs> to my left, A.J. Hoffman. He has a new moniker, Steve Fezzik. It is the fan who beats the man. The fan who beats the man. Huh. You follow him? I do. He's what? a fan first. I thought he was the rattler. He's the rattler. That's more inside baseball. <laughs> he's the rattler. We know he's that. But he's the fan who beats the man. Got it. We needed some alliteration for the show. No, not alliteration. It's, it, it's part. The I fan know begins like with an F, right? McKenzie, who came up with that. Or at least a word. Play. You know, I had the general concept, and he said, how about the fan who beats the man? I said, ding, ding, ding. That's true. Mm -hmm. RJ said, fan. Man. man, I think alliteration beat, has beat, to be vowels. Beat right? am, the I, man, am I correct? And then, like R.J. Lewis said, "Fan, man, beat the man." And Mackenzie said, "The fan who beats the man." And R.J. said, "That's it." <laughs> okay, <laughs> genius. <laughs> Mackenzie, you get all the credit for this. Hey, listen, I, if I if, if I didn't give a little extra credit, there wouldn't be much credit to go around here, buddy. Now, listen, it was it. Let's just say the you like it. Sure. Let's be honest. You were skeptical because you don't like to ever talk about yourself. You're a guy on the radio that doesn't want to talk about himself. But when I, I think it works. I think it works. He, AJ's a purist, you could say. No sex, no booze, no drugs. Our little roller is a purist. He's a <laughs> goddamn thoroughbred. All he cares about is the next hand. That's me right now. <laughs> but with food. I, yeah, with food. No, I, had, I haven't had no alcohol or no caffeine for 48 hours. I'm a mess. <laughs> well, let's take advantage. <laughs> let's take advantage. All right. We're going to get straight to it. Now, here's the amazing part. We went three and two. That was amazing with my bad picking so far this year. But, hey, winner. Uh, this is the most agreement we've ever had and we have the one game which is the most agreement we've ever had it's my best bet it's fez's best bet and coincidentally aj's got a four on it now <laughs> no correlation we we're competing so there's no like hey what do you got what do you got so i'm impressed by this now on aj's best bet I've got, what do I got on? Oh, I got a four. You got a five on it. No, you've got a two on mine, and you and Fez have the same four. Okay. You have the, you have oh, the same Oh, so that's five the other triple the like. Four, okay. Yeah. So on your best bet, it's a double like, your best bet and me, yep. right? And then on the other game, it's Fez and I with a four, and AJ comes up the rear again with a one. Yes. Okay. So two triple likes, but there's a five, five, and four and one. And you know what? I'm going to do that one second. Just to tease it, AJ, your best bet. Let's go with the Baltimore Ravens Monday Night Football minus seven against the Colts. Showtime! Woo! I think the Colts are becoming one of the hardest teams for me to say anything nice about. And like I, I watched them play last week, and it was Carson Wentz's best game, <laughs> and I was like, Oof, that was Carson Wentz's best game. Uh, and That's like uh, Paris Hilton's best movie. I guess so. It is. The House oh, of, well, there is one good movie. House of Wax? <laughs> Never mind. Is it House of Wax? Is that just, no, no. Not, no. Oh, you must have seen one I haven't seen. Uh, but yes, listen, I have. <laughs> uh, 
and kudos. But the the longer it's the season a, goes on, a for effort. Yeah, that's right. The longer the season goes on, the Tennessee loss is looking worse and worse. I mean, they 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 won the the turnover battle in that Women game. Women weaken legs. And still lost by nine points. And the Seattle loss is not exactly aging gracefully either. So, oh come on, Seattle just dominated. Didn't dominate. They just won a clean win. But they blew. Against- they blew the Colts out at home. Uh, I mean, that, that's not the Colts. What were the Colts supposed to be at the beginning of the season? Uh, here's what concerns me about this: is and I don't know if we can look this up real quick as as we transition to different databases. Is Frank Reich week one? Versus two, versus three, versus four. I think up to five, he struggles. Um, are we going to be able to take a gander at that, McKenzie? Yeah, sure. All right. So continue. Okay. Uh, the Colts, actually, one of the positives I found them, they're so- somehow seventh in possession, like controlling the ball. I don't know how. They don't run the ball that well. Uh, but I guess the other teams are just scoring fast enough on them that they, they're they able to have the ball longer. They're not going to control the clock against the Ravens. Uh, they're stop- the Ravens are stopping the run. They're fifth in both yards per carry on the ground and yards per pass attempt, a stat that the Colts' D has given up at the fifth worst rate in the league. And the Ravens are bullies. In the last 15 games, they've been favored by seven or more. They're 10-4-1 against the spread. When there's a team that they can beat up on. He smells. In their last 15 games, favored by seven or more points. They're 10-4-1 against the spread. They see a bad team, and they just smash on those teams. And I think this Colts team is just a bad team. So my best bet, my, my five-way right, is going to so be here's Ravens. The, here's the question. Are we buying... Are we selling low on the Colts? Because you don't want to sell low. The Colts are coming off a win. I don't think we're selling low. <sighs> They're coming off a win. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess what's the market? Where do you got the market on the Colts? For? I mean, I guess where you got them in your power rankings first? So with the Colts, I've got them two points worse than an average team. That ranks them 20th. Okay. So I'm, not that low. I've got them 20th, too. So let's do the math here. So we got the Ravens. At home, I've got the Ravens. Let's we'll do an average of our two. I got four point six better. I've got the Ravens four points better. Okay, so I'm gonna do the math. I think it's four point three. Oh, that was quick. Okay, okay, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Let me double I check. See where you're going. Let me double check down. Yep. Okay. Okay. And with the Colts, I've got them minus one point one. You got them, Fez. How much? Minus two. Okay. Let me do that real quick. Hey. It's minus one and a half with a little change. We won't worry about that. All right, so one and a half to the downside, and we got 4.3 to the upside. It's like 5.8 on a neutral. All right, and home, what are you giving? Baltimore's at least two, right? Yeah, we'll give Baltimore two and a half, above average home field. So that gets us over the seven. Yes, it does. All right, so, I mean, that'd be 8.3, right? Yes. Okay. Huh. That's a price. Usually the favorite's not going to be. I mean, I think in general, that's interesting. If you just did your power ratings math, wouldn't you say that the favorite gets over the hump less than 50% of the time? You know, I've never tracked it. Yeah. I, I want to be careful with that. Yeah. All right. So the numbers, I think, yeah, I guess maybe what, what was the look ahead in this game? I, I should have that in front of me. Let me grab that. Uh, Minus six and a half. Yeah. Oh, well, that was the summer. Look ahead was four. What? No, that's what? wrong. No, it was six and a half. I looked. I like Baltimore minus four. Yeah, it was, four. It was six and a half, and then it was yes, yeah, six and a half summer, six and a half look ahead, and then uh, yeah. world opener was seven. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The, the, what, what, what was the summer? Six and a half. Now think about that. How could they 
over the, I would say Baltimore's pretty much met expectations year to date. If, and if the, not exceeded. If not exceeded. And the Colts have massively underachieved. That's interesting. Okay, so let's look at the Ravens. I got the Ravens down a half a point year to date. They That's lost. They lost a coin flip game to the Raiders at at, at Vegas. Mm-hmm. They beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. which in hindsight, it's not. I'm not saying it's nothing, but it's not quite what we thought it was. Maybe I think the data point that's people that's making people lower on the Ravens is that Lions game that they won a coin toss against the Lions. Well, I don't think a 66 yard field goal after a fourth and 28 or whatever. Okay, Marquise Brown dropped three touchdown balls, and then and then yeah. the wide open RJ. Well, once again, two of them were on the same play or the same drive. Fair enough. And then the Broncos game was supposed to basically be a pick last week, and and the Ravens blew them out of the water. I, I too have the well, Ravens. It wasn't supposed to be a pick. It, it was a pick. Yeah. I too have the Ravens a half point down, but it's not performance based. It's injury based. It's the running, the cluster injuries to the running backs. All right. So if you look at Baltimore, they've actually won point four more games than they should based upon their win luck delta. Uh, the luck delta, as we're calling it, the win loss luck delta, and that's just looking at the fourth quarter win share. Uh, 66 yard field goal do that right yeah yeah because I mean what, I, it's interesting to see what the EPA was at that you know what the win percentage was at that point it had to be less than 50 so here's why I like the Ravens too and th- this is my four your two your two my two yes all these weights are throwing me all right so but it's a good way to do it the higher the number the better it is a five is our best bet okay I think this stuff with Denver, one, Fangio is, is, is an elite D.C. I know he's not officially the D.C., but okay, for Denver. And they had a real good plan to stop Lamar Jackson. If you look at his rushing large yards last week, not good. It was a real positive defensive effort from Denver on the rushing yards. So Lamar was forced to throw. Lamar threw exceptionally well. And you could make the case that against Detroit, though obviously they were flat or whatever, he threw well in that game because he didn't run much in that game. I think that made sense because he was beat up after flipping on that touchdown or whatever. And against Detroit, they shouldn't need him to run, right? And then it's hard to shift gears. Well, last week, the defense stopped him from running. I don't think that's repeatable. Right, that is Fangio's just at a different level. It's not like, oh, look what they did against him. Now we know what to do. Yeah, there's some of that, but I don't think so. But if Lamar's passes like he did recently, how good is Lamar? I've been a detractor of his. If he passes like he did the last two games, he is a top three or four quarterback. I'm not saying two games should tell us that, but hasn't this been the most... Has there ever been, since his MVP season, a two-game stretch that he's passed as well? No, and like I said, I know it's a broken record, but the Marquise Brown, these are 40-yard passes in the air. So if he catches two out of the three, and frankly, he should have caught them all, all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson's passing stats get way, way better. So maybe we should advertise the podcast that way. It will be like a broken record. Listen. <laughs> but I agree with you that, that even his stats, I just think it's dangerous to get into that. Because then, what about all the catches that shouldn't have been made? Mar- Marquise Brown made a phenomenal catch this <laughs> past week that he, he really should not have so caught. I don't know how it always <laughs> it evens out. My gut feeling is it evens out. Um, let's look at the numbers. So QBR breaks it down 
with passing. There's running. Now there's penalties and sack taking. I don't know how much that's weighted. Let's just look at running and passing. So right now, where's Lamar at running? Number one in the league. A point, 1.4 points better than Kyler Murray at two. Yeah, so just get the rank's good. So number one. Now, where's he at passing? He's 16th. Okay. Last year, where was he at passing? Take a minute and pull that up. To me, the tra- it's the question. If he's an average passer and the best runner, he's, he's, a better, weapon. he's better than yeah. I thought. I think last year's passing was like, I'm just going by memory. I think it was like 23 or something. We'll see. Um, but 20th. 20th. So trend line up. It's, that's opponent adjusted. I think there's real reason to be optimistic about Baltimore or, or about Lamar. Oh, absolutely. And there's reasons to be optimistic. I, I love the idea of Baltimore in the favorite role. I don't know if you saw the last play of the game or heard about it. No, I think this is a key. I was going to bring this up. Go ahead. So, so basically Harbaugh is a complete hard ass that all he cares about is like setting records, burying teams. That's why he's won 20 consecutive preseason games. So at the end of the game. You, you sound like. And Howard Stern, there's uh, <laughs> the limo driver. Ronnie. Ronnie. And they have him at a, at a party once going, I like to get with, he goes, I like to, I can't remember how he said, I like to drink, I like to get with men, I like to get with women. <laughs> and it's like, you go, he likes to set records. He like, <laughs> go ahead. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have an NFL record, that great 75 through 78 team. 43 consecutive games. They had a, Brian, go. They Brian, had 100 go. yards, Rocky Blyer, yards rushing because they got big leads and then they ran the clock. That's what teams did in the 70s. Well, Baltimore has tied that record. And the reason that they tied it, they had 97. There's three seconds left. And Harbaugh's like, he didn't call a timeout, but it gathers everyone's around. Well, it was a change of possession. Change of possession. Denver it, turns it over. Interception. In the end zone. Exactly. They're on the 20. Take a knee. Game's over. No. No, we're going to not only are we going to just run the ball, we're going to make sure we get the record. We're going to do a designed RPO for our quarterback risk injury to pick up four yards. So we get to 100. So it's more important to Harbaugh to risk an injury with his quarterback than it is to keep everybody healthy. That's my kind of coach when I'm laying seven. It's an interesting point, but I don't but. I think there's a connection to this game. You didn't make that connection. You told an interesting story in your profile in Harbaugh in general. Is that right. the extent of it? Yes. See, I think it's about he wants to give a big F you. I mean, he's gotten a lot of criticism this week. I think if it's anything, this is a rallying point for the team, right? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're under siege in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, my only concern would be Lamar kind of acted incredulous about He's like, I'm not sure why we did that. I don't <laughs> care about that record. So is that dissension in the ranks? I don't know. And it's followed up by the preseason that they won 20 in a row, broke the record. They had a lot of injuries. And a lot of people wondered, was these this effort in the preseason connected to the injuries? Now you're risking injury. Is there team dissension over this? I don't think so, but I think that's a concern. I wouldn't think so. I, I would think if this team was struggling, that could be a possibility. But it seems like when you're having success, little things like that, I think they just matter less. All right, so Frank Reich early season. Week one, 0-3-1 against the spread, 0-4 straight up. That's 0% ATS, 0% straight up. Week two through four, 75% ATS, 67% straight up, 8-4. Huh, huh, okay. So week one's a problem, nothing else is. All right, so in a way, I think that helps us. I knew week five there wasn't going to be a problem, 
But what I'm saying is that could have explained away some of the bad performance, but it only really explains week one. Which means the bad performance they got to live with. It's like theirs. Right. It's not something about Frank Reich's coaching style. We'll get to the page or the Pats this week. Belichick starts slow every year, relatively, and he has more new situations here. A new quarterback, new all those millions of dollars. If anything, in a pandemic, post-pandemic, or however you want to say, year, it it strikes me this would be the slowest starting year of them all. Makes sense. So maybe the Pats should be higher, and we'll get to it. All right, closing thoughts on this game. I just feel like the Ravens get a lead here and just mash on this team because they're just bad. All right, you keep it simple. I do. Next game. This is the game that people are going to talk about for years to come. I announce the best bets. I forgot. AJ. Low man. Low man. <laughs> Pay for Benny Hanna. <laughs> All right. The highest rated play in the history of the Dream Preview. The highest rated sports pod. There you go. Steve Fazek, you go first. Yeah, best bet San Francisco plus five. Wait, I don't half. have that. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Could we say it's a triple best bet with McKenzie? <laughs> we'll get that after. So a whole lot of reasons to like the 49ers. One is, you know, the spots of the Niners off back-to-back losses. They're two and two. They're in this incredibly difficult division, and they're playing a four and zero Arizona team. They can't afford to drop another game and go three games below five hundred. So I've got more motivation for San Francisco. I've got an Arizona team that's suddenly in a completely unusual role for them, where they're the big favorite. Suddenly, the um, heavy is the crown that the king wears, or whatever. They're four and zero, and they're feeling really good about themselves, and they're playing great. There's no doubt about it. But now they're the ones that are laying the five and a half points. Have they really played well enough to justify being the prohibitive divisional favorite to be? I know Trey Lance is going to quarterback. That's about a one and a half point downgrade in my numbers, but it's not all that significant. If you look at it, San Francisco's been unlucky. That Green Bay game. They should have won it at the very end. Call it a coin flip. That's fine. And Arizona, the game against Minnesota, the Vikings missed a small field goal. So you flip those two games around. If San Fran was 3-1 and one and Arizona was 3-1, and one, we'd look at this and we'd say two equal teams. Eh, Trey Lance. But we wouldn't say two equal teams. With, Trey, Lan- with Trey Lance. So, but, yeah. but, but I'm saying we'd say San Francisco's better because we thought they were better coming in the year. That's right. And that probably evens out the Trey Lance. He's evens out the Trey Lance. We'll make Arizona like three. All this right? game was a mm-hmm. pick in the summertime. I would have made two. Mm. And there's and one other like little I, I I'm curious to hear what RJ thinks about this because I think it's a big edge for San Francisco. Certainly it's worth at least half a point. The fact that they played the final month and a half or whatever it was in Arizona at the end of last year. So that they're very familiar with the stadium, the sight lines, mm. everything else. Mm. I think that's an added bonus. I like San Francisco. Or it could be like PTSD. They were there so long they hated it. And, <laughs> but no, I, I think that's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought of. Here's what I think. If this was game two, I would not, of Trey Lance, I would not be playing it. Shanahan is an elite offensive coordinator. I question his coaching as a head coach. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying, is he clearly even top 15 as a head coach? No, I don't think he is clearly that. He may be, he may not be. He is a top five, if not top offensive coordinator. Him, Andy Reid. Sean Payton are probably the three best offensive minds in the game. Right there, a minimum. As a head coach, I don't know. But here's what we know. When do rookies tend to do well? 
the first game because they can, especially if it's going to be schematically different. No tape. No tape. So whatever package they've been putting together for Trey Lance, other than those little plays, it's going to all come out here. And, and there's going to be, you know, I personally probably like this game more in the first quarter. Oh, I think that's strong. All right, so let's let's think about this as, and remember, we got a lot of big bets here, but we also have our three derivative bets. Now, we started this last week. Is, <laughs> is someone having lunch in there? That was me, my bad. <laughs> I mean, th did he, you know how in, in like cartoons they sweeten sound? It sounded like that could not have been a human eating. I mean, it sounded like he was eating whole walnuts with I, the shell. I got to be honest with you. I think we should reach out to the various animal shows and we can provide like some sounds of like <laughs> rhinoceroses eating. This week on National Geographic. Um, um, um. In fact, tag that tape. I'm a lotto, an albino, a mosquito. I mean, everyone stopped. It was bum. I saw this movie, Mystery Men, and I think Mackenzie would have been perfect. As one of the superheroes. Like Link or something? Well, just they had these very oddball superheroes in but that were movie. They, you saw were it, right? they de-evolved, though? Like, were they, like, like, like early man? They were not cultured. <laughs> <laughs> that's Steve Fezzik. Steve Fezzik. Not R.J. Bell. That's me and not Mackenzie Rivers, cousin of Kyle Shanahan, who may or may not be a good head coach. <laughs> okay can we proceed with our bragging about our wins yes thanks man. <laughs> you still eating i put the checks mixed to the side yeah you know how many of those do you eat a day oh uh, four Jesus. no no i don't like 1400 calories of checks <laughs> it's, it's half my diet not 75 percent. <laughs> i don't think diet's the right word for what you're eating <laughs> okay so we said hey we like these picks but we can go with derivatives, but we'll do it in a collaborative sense. But we pretty much ignore AJ. And I mean, I'm not saying ignore. I'm it's saying not supposed to know that we underweight. I understand. The I... Tactical term is underweight. Seniority. It, it, well, it's not just that. I okay. Know. Is I tell you, it's college. Whew. I did say I wanted my alternate line last week to be Buffalo plus 28, and I, I was told it was the squarest thing I've ever said. Well, Buffalo plus 28 Buffalo would not have paid anything. It was the squarest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and square, you know what? Square, it was square because I didn't say minus 40. You know what? Squares win like 47% of the time. Well, I think more. Uh, and, but the, they win 47% overall, but their squares picks probably win about 47%. Yeah. Okay, Do they win plus 280 bets 40% of the time? Because I'll take that. 40 and 47 are two different numbers. Right. He sounded like, like an old dude that was mad, like like shaking his K. Do they win 40%? No, I'm just asking you for the math. I'll do that if that's the case. <laughs> All right. So what Faz and I collaborate on with AJ Khan <laughs> is three different derivative bets. And these could be uh team totals these could be first half over unders these could be correlate parlays that don't correlate or don't win because we had a loser pittsburgh in the under uh a two-teamer two winners though we got lucky on one fez tennessee under 
what, 25? Under 26, and yeah. they landed 24. And the only reason we got well, lucky. Everyone was over 24 and a half. Yeah, the only reason we got lucky was because the stupid Jets have no idea well, what they're doing. They're and anyone who's following my Twitter, like, I went nuts on the play calling on the Jets. Third and goal from the one, RJ. Slow developing play, and they get sacked and lose three and a half yards. Stupidest call I've ever seen. So we had a field goal that would have put it to OT that would have put them over, right? And or I guess we were in been, OT. It would have been tying in OT. We were in OT, and the Jets just need. Yeah, the Tennessee got the touchdown to tie. I happened to see that. Was unlucky, yeah. and then the Jets marched down the one yard line. Game's over. They're gonna score a touchdown, and they donk it off, and they have to kick a field goal, and I then it gets that. dicey. They were first. Weren't they first in t- first in goal goal from the one or something? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we sh- it was a good pick. We could have lost it. We didn't. And then we had oh mwah, the beauty. It was nothing like. When you say, hey, everyone, this is the way to get at it best. And AJ, he's eating checks mix going, I think I'll play the whole game. So <laughs> we went under. My bet was already in before we had this conversation, to be oh, fair. Mr. Early batter here. We had to say. I, I, I fall victim to this as well. I played the game under 43 and a half New Orleans Giants. But then you added to this. Well, yeah, when it came into the podcast Wednesday and we had the collaborative effort. Yes. So. I won. You won partially. AJ lost, lost totally. So the game, it was 14 points. So the game was? 7-7 seven, seven at halftime. And the teams? Uh, the Saints and the Giants. Mm-hmm. And we like the first half under? 21 and a half. Got the hook. Got the hook, and it was 14. Not even, like, give them another touchdown for funds, for laughs. I kill communists for free. And then, <laughs> anyone get that reference? None. I got that it was a reference. Oh, my gosh. Scarface? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. What? You haven't seen Scarface? You're eating Chex Mix by the fistful, <laughs> but you haven't seen Scarface. Priorities. I got to get to it. Downgrade the power rating for Mackenzie. That is weird. Even Fezzik's seen Scarface, or at least he's seen the poster in a movie once that was on Lifetime. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Okay. That's the worst Tony Montana. <laughs> it sounded like Tony Montana when he was in high school. <laughs> Mad. Like the first time he got laid, maybe. Oh, that, was, that was a really bad Tony Montana. <laughs> You've done some good impressions. That one, that's not, a, you, you take that one out of your rotation. <laughs> what, what I loved was the commitment to it. He did not hold they, back. No, he did not. It was he, loud and proud. I mean, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it, I do. I mean, it was very bad. But I appreciate <laughs> that, he, he, that he was so over the top with it. Sometimes Fez is a little timid. All right, but I got to make an announcement. Steve Fezzik is banned from doing Tony Montana impressions. <laughs> Last week, he was banned for saying anything that has to do that could be inferences with an orgasm. <laughs> Shoot my wad. <laughs> shot my wad. Blow my load. Blow my, oof, none of it. <laughs> Out. Out. Do you have any objections, Steve? None. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just the audience thanks you, too. Yes, and I, from you, people who've listened for years knows there can be no Andre the Giant impressions that, as well. That's true. Though I would much rather Andre. How's this sound? I'm going to give you one Andre a month. 
Really? Yeah, because resurrection. I, I liked the commitment <laughs> to that Tony Montana. I just hated that imitation. It was awful. But what's worse, that imitation or never having seen the movie at 31 years of age? I think 31 years of age not seeing it is worse. It's on cable. I've seen scenes. That like, makes it even worse. Like, dude, every... <laughs> I've seen it in the theater like three times. Like at revivals. Wow. It's it's what Oliver Stone writes the script. Ebert gave it like one and a half stars initially because he was so out of it. Ebert oh. was eating the same checks mix. <laughs> I mean, just buckets of it. <laughs> you actually remind me of Ebert. <laughs> Chicago guy. Good he guy. was married to a black girl. You didn't know <laughs> that. You didn't know that. Ebert didn't Are you look... saying that Mackenzie's Ebert's son? It's oh. a possibility. From Chicago? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on, I'm going to a call. <laughs> I'm connecting all the dots right now. There's the same hip and the same kind of midsection. Uh-huh. The same underappreciation for the movie Scarface. <laughs> uh-huh. But you're spot on as far as it feels. <laughs> Getting back to the the bet that you recommended, RJ, the collateral effort, RJ recommends it. The when you, when you play a first half under, a derivative, and the derivative wins, and the game loses, oh, and, and AJ bets the game. Oh, that's it doesn't bet the derivative. It, that's as good as it gets. I got. That, I can. T- it's two words. I can say victory. Victory. Thank you. Uh, it's three. Let's. Victory! <laughs> I always thought when AJ grimaces and it looks like a little of his soul got sucked out is when I quit. That did pain me a little bit. <laughs> as I was watching that, as soon as it went to overtime, oh, God, why didn't I just, I should have I should have put something but down you, on that. Do you see the logic of it now? I do, yeah. All right. So two and one, we're going to keep our record. I think this one's there already. I mean, I can't imagine it being better. So you want to make it official? You, you, you want to go first quarter plus the half then for the 49ers? Was that the number? That, that is what the number will be. Okay, so here's the question. Where's the sweet spot in the downsizing of the number? Because I want to I want to go early game. The early game, I think you know why, right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever surprises he has probably is a bigger deal early. Yeah, you know, I got I to gotta tell you, the first half will be plus three, all right? So I'd and- rather take the three. I'd rather take the plus a half of the first okay. quarter. That, that half is worth so much. And what's the leg going to be? Minus 110. Five right. and a half point. So we should expect take the half. Now, why is a half important in the first quarter? Because the likelihood of a tie is pretty high, and thus it matters. In a game, it does, you know, very rare. Though it could have if Tennessee made that field goal. Yeah. But you still would have lost. They even missed the field goal, and you still lost. Yeah. Hmm. But wait, we're talking about a different. That's a different game. Tennessee. Oh, okay. We're talking about the Giants. What? I didn't see that game. The, the, the Saints were up like what by fourteen? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Saints got up twenty-one to ten. Giants got a touchdown and two-point conversion, down eight, and then they convert. Barkley hit a big pass, and then the end of the game, it came down to like third and long, and the Giants converted down three and got into field goal range. Barkley hit a big pass. Saquon Barkley caught a caught a lot. Oh, grass. caught it. Okay, okay, okay. Right. He played um, very well. I'm surprised. He, he looked. Yeah, like, well, Daniel Jones looked. Yeah. Yeah, looked Daniel great. Jones looked great too. All right, so we'll get to that game, but we'll make it official here in the first quarter. Fez made that decision. I agree with it. Plus a half. I like that. Ooh, this is gold. All right, let's keep going. Let's. Uh, do you want any of my notes on the 49ers game? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you Triple a few. Like. I, I think that the the. Run heavy offense. I've got a four on it. Yeah, I think the the run heavy offense that the 49ers will run with Trey Lance, this this is the best matchup he could have had for his first game. 
What do the Cardinals stink at? Stopping the run. So I, I think this is the perfect time to break out your bag of tricks with Trey Lance. Uh, I don't think they're going to ask him to throw the ball more than he needs to in this situation. Cardinals Hopefully defense, none. 31st graded rush defense, and they're the worst at giving up explosive plays on the ground. So my my concern is the Niners defense, same as it was last week, the secondary is is banged up, but they actually did a pretty good job against Russell Wilson. They lost the game, but they did a pretty good job holding him in check. Seattle, zero yards offense 20 minutes into the game. Yeah. Zero. So, and like I said, this was a pick in the summertime. I can't get to, you know, it, it was it was minus two and a half look ahead. I can't get to Jimmy G being worth three points in a game where I think the game plan will be so run oh, heavy. Let's, so your point is it's pick in the summer, mm-hmm. and now it's five and a half. So what's Jimmy G worth three about? What do you? Well, what? I mean, they said it was two and a half look ahead. So I, I assume they were saying right, they, so the there was a possibility theory, Jimmy would play. In theory, that adjusts for everything other than the last week. Now, what happened the last week? It's a change of quarterback, but also San Francisco loses. Arizona kicks butt against Arizona the kicks big butt. win. So if anything, that ticks up. Elite. I think that's a whole point. Well, to three, I think that goes to three for sure. To three, like three and a quarter, right? Yeah. Sure. So now the theory is Trey Lance is the difference from three and a quarter, which would just be the big extra to five and a half. I think in game two, I I think that's fair, if not light. I think in game one, there's a lot of surprises coming. I think that's the key to the handicap to me. Yeah, and I like your point. If anything, like in the first quarter, first half, I'd rather have Trey Lance, even though I got Jimmy G rated higher. Just because of surprises. Surprise, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Let's get McKenzie's thoughts on this game. McKenzie. I, I agree 100%. Niners, it's amazing how good they are. 10 and 20, or bad they are at home, and how good they are. But 60% under Shanahan on the road. For whatever reason, he gets it buttoned up on the road. I agree with your pick. Did you? Uh, that wasn't very good analysis. What else you got? Did you have the Seahawks on your card last week? I did not. I went back. I, I left it off. It was the best week to use them. I'm probably. happy he didn't because I want. I we like that anyway. I want to get a, a nice fresh okay. pick from him. I thought Lance was way better than I expected. Every time he dropped back, it looked like he was going to get pressured. He never, for a second, looked nervous. Crept up in the pocket, eyes downfield. Really impressed. Damn! It's like he's. Did you watch the all twenty-two? No, I'll, 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 no, I no, will. You saw, it at, you saw it at the sports book on the TV on the far right? <laughs> I got NFL Game Pass, pay $99 a year for it. I watch all the games, or I try to, at least the Niners games. So when you say you watch all the games, I watch you mean you watch of most games, of one team's yeah, games? 100%. All right. I'm a and a all right. Any closing thoughts? No. How good's Arizona? We don't know yet. Well, we better know we're batting against them. I feel like Kyler Murray, like if like the offense looks good, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sold on it. Why? Because it's all about him making things happen off the cuff, and I don't know how long that can last. But in- Pers- pursuant to that, there was one play. It was like fourth, third, and sixteen, and no human would pick up the first down. The place quarterback, Kyler Murray, did it. He said one. So that's why we don't like them. The well, inhuman first downs they get. Well, it's not. It's unsustainable. But Certain it, he's making plays that are unsustainable. Is it unsustainable because he's going to get hurt? Yes. Because otherwise, he's not. His skills aren't going to deteriorate. Otherwise, no, this but, year. But He'll I think eventually, you, I do think that happens. But I think also it's kind of like the Johnny Football uh, effect. Like when you're making plays on the fly, just running around until something happens. Eventually, that that goes south. Well, hold on a second. When Johnny Football was at the level of competition, he could do that at. It never went south. He won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Then he came to the pros, 
and he was physically unable to do that. Kyler Murray's proven he can do it at this level, right? Yes, but even if it's Kyler Murray in his absolute prime, freeze it, and you saw where he was and where the defenders were, you're like, there's no way he's getting that first down. But, it but was, he, the fact he got it that time doesn't change the fact he's going to get it more often. He has a better probability. So, again, what deteriorates other than injury? If anything, this feels like something you can't scheme against. Like whenever a new team emerges, oftentimes it's like, well, let's scheme differently again. You know, you just it, have to find a spy that can run a four three five. <laughs> I mean, and again, that's old. Yeah, I mean the red dog or whatever. So if anything, I think this is going to be if Kyler Murray's healthy, then they are a top team. So right now you got Arizona Warefest. number seven. Okay, four points better than average team. I got him six. So. <sighs> I think there's no team. Here's the thing. Most teams, if the quarterback is banged up, it's a half point, a point. I think Kyler Murray being banged up is a huge deal. If I think is. it's a great point. Look at, look at what Gosh. happened last year when he got banged up. Oh, they went from playoff contender to garbage, really garbage. And his rushing, he played every game, I think. His rushing attempts went down. Yes. Lamar's rushing attempts went down. I think that's something to keep an eye on when you have a quarterback that is mobile, that that's the key to his game, or one of the key keys is if his rushing attempts go down and you have any hint of injury, it's a sign. It's it's a fact in him. Yes. All right. Next game. Another triple like. Ooh. Yeah, let's go to the uh, the Miami Dolphins at home, catching 10 against the defending Super Bowl champions. All right, so it's a four from me, a four from Fez, and AJ up the rear with a one. I said that wrong. They're at the Bucks. Hmm. Okay. Hey, you can start fast. Yeah, so I'm on Miami. It's all about fading that Bucks defense, specifically that Bucks secondary. Really don't well, like. Do you have the right guy to fade them? Do I have what? The right guy <laughs> to fade them? Uh, Brissett's his name? I think so. Hmm. I think I've, I've got a capable quarterback. <laughs> it's you not know, the it's first a... guy you'd pick, but <laughs> he'll do. Well, let, let, me, let me see where I got Brissett in my. I've got him 27th. And I've got Mac Jones 22nd in my quarterback rankings. So they're, you know, I, mm-hmm. Mac Jones is have a little you been bit watching higher. watching these guys? I have, but Mac Jones think compl- they're about the same? I think Mac Jones a little bit better. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But Mac Jones, the reason 19 I'm. 19 straight completions. The reason I'm saying that, exactly. Well, you know what? You got to be pretty darn good to complete 19 straight passes in a rain that became a driving rain. Guess what? You also have to have a pretty suspect defense to allow that from a rookie quarterback. There was no deception. If you watch the game, New England just basically said, you know what? No one runs on that Tampa Bay run defense, and we're not going to be the guys that do it. They give it to um, their running back four times. They lose four yards on those rushes. They just threw all game long, and Tampa couldn't stop it. Part of the reason they couldn't stop it? Injuries. They're really decimated at cornerback and in the secondary. And if they couldn't stop Mac Jones at all to the tune that he could have 19 straight completions, how in the heck are we going to look to lay 10 on a team that is going to be so vulnerable to the back door? Not to mention the fact I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to get up double digits. Jacoby Brissett's makes him vulnerable to the back. Like he's down oh, 14, he's, marching him down. He's not, Mills. Yes, he's perfectly capable. All right. So. What is, in your opinion, the effect? By the way, I've got this as a four weight, but Fez has not touched on my reasoning yet, or at least what I think is the differentiated reasoning. Let me ask you this. Is 
how does this being post New England affect the handicap? Yeah, and I think I think I'm, I don't want to steal from your. No, thunder. no, this is go ahead with that, and then because I got something else. Because I think it's an enormous negative. Sp- obviously, this is like the most anticipated game of the year with Last TB going back to yeah. New England and, and and all the hype associated with it. So because of that. I mean, it's it's a clear flat spot for Tampa Bay. Now, hey, now we're laying double digits back at home. We're going to get this win and a letdown spot. Who they got next week? I think it's another letdown game. Take it, yeah, hopefully. All right, so here's we'll get that. No, no, it's I, it's I don't think it's a tough game. Oh, uh, Tampa Bay's Eagles. at Eagles. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ah, no, no, yeah. So okay, so here's why to me. Obviously, Belichick had a scheme. That was effective against Brady. You could say the nerves, the rain, but again, that wasn't a great performance from Brady. The Pats were a foot from winning the game. Two foot left. Okay. Who, if there's anyone that you'd want to be the coach to follow Belichick's blueprint, it would be Belichick's former DC, who is a who runs the same man-based defense, same kind of defense. That is an elite X's and O's guy. This is the perfect setup to say, hey, whatever Tampa struggled with, can we repeat it? Well, who's going to – you don't think Belichick maybe? Well, I don't know. It's Miami. He's probably not. But in general, he doesn't need it. Flores doesn't need it. He's looking at the tape. He knows why they're doing what they're doing, and he's going to do it. And maybe a little differently, but it's going to – I think if these games were flipped – I wouldn't have half as much. If, if this games were flipped and we didn't have the letdown and we didn't have the X's and O's knowledge that Miami picked up, I would have zero interest in this game. I think this is a really strong handicap by you that you know, you're looking at Belichick Jr. on the sideline, you know, mm-hmm. he's gritting his teeth, you know, about how we're going to keep Brady in, in check and, and, you know, with the schemes and the like. And now you got a guy, Flores, that already knows, you know, New England. And now he's got even, you know, more information on how to keep them under control, I think it's really strong. I agree. Now, how does the um, hmm, no, that's that wasn't a key. I don't think that's as important. AJ, what's your key points in this? My key points are I don't think the I don't think the Bucks are quite hitting the stride offensively that they did last year, at least not late in the year last year. And I think Gronk being out probably hindered them last week. He's he's been a nice check down valve for Brady, and he taking that away hurt them. But I really think it comes down to. Of the five, if you said name the five best defensive backs that the Bucks are going into the season with, they're probably going to be without four, maybe five of them this week. And Richard Sherman, it, nice that they got him, and he's a, a warm body. If Mac Jones is picking on you, you're not ready to to play in the NFL right now. Like he, he's not at the, he's certainly not at the level that he so once wait was. A is the Mac Jones aspersion going to stop at any point? Sure, maybe. I mean, because he is by far the best rookie quarterback right now. Agreed. So of everyone walking the earth that could have entered the NFL, he's the best at something. And AJ Hoffman says I'm going to deride him. What Mac Jones? What would what we think of Mac Jones a week before? That? I I I was chastising you then to say he's limited. I go well. Do you think perhaps Belichick maybe he's been holding a few things back? Not like trick plays or whatever. Though they obviously played a high variance game in a game they were underdogs in. Oh look, Belichick's smart. But, you know, with their trick plays. But in general, I felt like Belichick's very good at uh, leading a player along and only giving him as much as he can handle. And he thought Mac Jones could handle more in this game, and he gave it to him. I expect Mac Jones to be much better at the end of this year than he is right now. I agree with that. Even though Mac Jones has made more progress than the other quarterbacks, I think he makes more progress from here because Belichick knows how to bring someone along. 
So I would, I, I, if you said Mac Jones with his current, uh, you know, limitations, I accept that. But I don't think Mac Jones is any flawed quarterback. Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback in week four against a guy that used to be considered the best cornerback in the world. Yeah. He, he shouldn't be making him look like it. You're right. Mac Jones, I do think Mac Jones is going to be better. I think Mac, I think Mac Jones is good. Yeah. I just think right now Mac Jones is is limited. I should I should have worded and that. And I think he's limited. We don't know if it's physical, mental, or if it's Belichick being extra conservative. Right? I just think that this narrative, at what point is it? Well, we'll get our weekly update. McKenzie, if you were redrafting the quarterback. It's the wrong week to ask, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> it, what, what's your order? Lance, right, then so Jones. Trey, the, the quarterback that went third. And he's yet to take a snap as a starter. It would go first. I would have to take a deep look at Jones, but Lance would be my first pick as of right now. Jones very close second, and then it's a it's a muddled mess. I guess Lawrence is still three for me. Wilson Fields. Imagine McKenzie was the GM of the team with the second pick, and the the Jags are like, you know what? We'll take Trey Lance. McKenzie's like, thank God. The guy that I've been, that everybody wanted, the number one prospect, everyone wanted. Now you're the, the number two pick GM, and you're like, nope, I'm passing two. You're Big Balls McKenzie, man. That's what you well, are. Well, I'm looking to trades, as you mentioned earlier. That's the move. I think what would have happened is he would have traded up from two to one and taken Trey Lance. That, that's the Shanahan way. That's the Shanahan blood in him. You uh, bet the hard eight for a thousand and you pressed it for two. Did I hit it? Nah, you didn't hit it. But it was a Big Balls bet. <laughs> <laughs> McKenzie playing the hard eight <laughs> in life. <laughs> All right. We got anything else? I also thought that the the Bucks. I thought it was – they ran the ball 30 times last week. Uh, and part of it could have been the rain, uh, you know, but – if that's going to be the the game plan going forward, oh, I think that was it. The game plan before last week. It's well, it's been shifting that way. It's certainly more than it was last year. They and Fournette and Ronald, they, they don't have the running backs to be a running team. So you, it, so you think that the the Bucks are just fundamentally doing something stupid running the ball? I don't think it's. I don't think well, it's. You say it's unwise. I think it's unwise. But I mean, I'm not think, but you smarter think, but, than Bruce Arians. Well, that's the point. Though. I think it was the weather that they saw the bad weather and. I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't understand how to be critical of people that know more than me about something. And I get the idea of saying I don't understand it, or but I don't know. It's just It just seems like this culture has so much. People don't know how to play chess talking about someone's opening. I mean, that sounds absurd. No one's talking about chess, but it's like it is that great line from Searching for Bobby Fisher. You've seen that, right? Oh, of course. When, you know, the kid breaks away from the teacher because it was too much pressure, and then he sees the dad and the teacher, and he goes... How's Josh? He goes, oh, great. Playing chess best, better than ever. <laughs> and the teacher looks at him and goes, how would you know? <laughs> it's like, you don't know how to play chess. How can you judge? You know, we don't know how to decide to run or pass. The fact that it only happened one game, at least the extremes, I think says it's about that game. Uh, trend line up. I, I don't know. I wonder if it's more passing early in the year is about saying, hey, we won last year with physical play. I mean, at least at the end of the year, I think that. And let's be honest, the trend line's moving that way. New Orleans, New Orleans, physical play. Patriots, physical play. That's two of the best coaches in football. Uh, I, I think in general that the, all the passing is, you know, this is a, they're cycles. Cyclical. 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 Games uh, or, or cycles. And 
I think we're moving towards fullbacks and because the defenses look at Arizona. The problem Arizona has against running teams, it, you know, whereas physically they aren't big enough to handle it, is the kind of problems that the New Englands of the world are going to cause them. In mm. theory, the Colts were going to cause them, though they haven't been able to run too well in that first game. Last question to you, Fess. It feels like that the Patriots game was like a telecast from 15 years ago where they were punting, punting the ball on like, you know, fourth and two from the 45, mm-hmm. you know, didn't go, Belichick didn't go for it late in the game, though different models went differently on that. Now that shocks me. You got to show me what model said it was e- right. ESPN said it was right. Next Gen said it was wrong. Well, I- ESPN's actually got well- the guy, one of the guys that invented the whole you know, like they got some solid, maybe the best analytics people. Well, well, in the let world. me let me give you the math because I thought it was very. Well, I mean, it was very, you know, simplistic. It was it was easy to do. Go ahead. Fifty-six yard field goal in the driving rain, less than a fifty percent chance to make. Would you okay. agree? A little less than half. Yeah, I think for sure. All right. Uh, if you make it, Brady still has a minute and two timeouts. He beats you a little more than half the time. I disagree with that. Can you go with half the time? Half no, the time. No, because the same driving rain's affecting him. I know. And That's Belichick. why it's only a half. That's why it's no, only a half. No, I'm just saying is I— only need a field goal. Hey, how, this isn't, how has Brady done this game? We can't think of who Brady is generally. we got to ask ourselves. At least part of it has to be the quarterback that had the stats he had that game doesn't score half All right, time. we'll call it 45%. All so right, both, of them, are, sure that, both of them are close to a half. So a half times a half, i got a one-fourth chance of winning if I try the field goal. Because right, if I miss well, it, I lose. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You make it. If you miss, all right, so if you make it half the time, okay, I, I got Two-team parlay. I, team I right. agree with that. All right. all right. Alternatively, I go for it fourth and three. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't pick that up about half the time. In the rain? Okay. In the rain. I have uh, 19 straight completions, you know? Okay. If I make it, I win about 75% of the time. There's a minute left. Right, hold on a second. If you make—I disagree with that 100%. If you get four yards— You're going to probably get more than four. Uh, to say you're going to get you make the first down All by right. an inch. So what's the but what but what's the average in that play? Eight is six, seven, seven. All right. So you make seven yards. Now you're a 49 yard field goal. That's right. You're going to milk the clock, which actually makes it where you're less inclined to move forward. Probably pay, assume assume it doesn't go well. I only pick up four more yards. Okay, I can accept that. Right. Though so obviously it can go the other way, but okay, but it can go touchdown. You know, it could go down. So now I'm kicking like a 43 yarder. All right, I accept that. So make that. Two-thirds to three-quarters of the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. An extra point. Three-quarters of the time in the rain from 44 yards? Call it 70%, yeah. 40. I don't think 70% is right either. Oh, I think so. Call it two th- at least two-thirds. At least two-thirds. All right, least. so 0.66. So I got a 0.5 times a 0.66. That's bigger than a 0.5 times a 0.5. It's not close. All right, so Bill Belichick said they didn't even really consider the other way to go. I mean, now, again, that's in the press conference. But let's do this. Mackenzie, can you – we got the per-play EPA. Um, first off, let's look at the expected points on the field goal attempt. That's going to tell us mm. what, the, what the win perc- – or what the make percentage was, right? Right, grabbing that. All right. And, well, you know what I think actually – Look up the ESPN, because there's going to be someone that wrote up the difference between Next Gen and ESPN. So maybe it just takes a minute. In fact, uh, Brad, why don't you do that? Look for the Next Gen ESPN 
uh, where someone breaks down what the what the algorithm calculated in in each of the cases. Got it. All right. Are you doing like a Stephen Wright imitation? <laughs> I don't know who Stephen Wright is. The comedian. Huh? The guy that talks like this. Hello, I'm Stephen. He's the guy. We met, I guess that's a generation gap. But he, I saw him recently. He's funny. Oh, Stephen Wright. Look it up. He's very deadpan. AJ, you were a former comedian. No, nope. professional comedian. Not a professional. <laughs> I agree. All right. I tended to want to go for it too. But that's the thing. When you got a guy like Belichick, he understands that he didn't have a play there. Like sometimes you got a play left, right? That you think like a two point kind of play, where it's like it's a special play that you've been setting up. Sure. He must have not had a play. And let's not forget something. Mac Jones was looking a little nervous. I mean, when you complete 19 in a row, and then on the third and four, when you short arm it and get, you know, it just felt like he was getting smaller. And he had kind of shot his wad on trick plays. No, no, like, you can't geez. say that. Oh, <laughs> what? We had a deal. What? Shot his wad, Fez just uh, said. Yeah, fine, twenty dollars. Penalty flag. Uh, yeah, come on. He he had already used two trick plays with Don't Jacoby. Don't in the mic like that. <laughs> Jacoby Myers had 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 already had the type of play that would have been perfect for fourth and three he'd used up. Yeah, but you wouldn't want a trick play like we got another. You don't need more than seven or eight yeah, yards, right? Fair enough. I, to me, this is what I would say. Okay, so Pat's win percentage by EPA prior to, and again, there's different models for the EPA projection, but prior to the field goal attempt, 38%. So, Fez, you got him at 25%. No, no, I had 38%. No, no, no. You have him at 25% to win the game. This was their chance to win the game prior to the field goal. If they chose to kick the field goal. I had him at 37.5% if they went for it. Yeah, and it, but when they were making the field goal attempt, when they were kicking the field goal. Oh, oh, okay, I see. But, no, that's an interesting question, McKenzie. So since the play hasn't happened yet. It's agnostic. It doesn't consider the, the call. Exactly. So what we're saying is, it, is you can't be right because if, if half of the time is 25%, well, I guess after you missed it, we can't, you know, it's going to be almost zero or zero. So that tells me that number is a blend number. Like there's a possibility oh, they go for it. I understand. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I mean, I didn't. And then I, yeah. So the question is, how do they guess if they're going for it or not? How do, how right. do they split that up? I don't know. All right, here we go. Yeah. So ESPN's model said fuel goal percent, 42% chance to win the game going for it on four, 35% chance to win the game. And they say ESPN's model considers the weather and the other model doesn't. Well, that that forty two percent is solved by inspection wrong. That's yeah. actually not correct. ESPN win probability model does not factor no, that's, weather that, conditions. That can't be the case, because how could it be? You're that's interesting. The does the weather affect? Who does the weather affect more? The kicker. But even though even though Tampa is going to have to kick a field goal regardless, and they got to march all the way down the field, but the one kick, the weather matters more than the kick plus the march. Come on, when that's the kicks absurd. fifty. Not when the kicks fifty six. Oh come on! I just say I think we're making. There's uh, there there is no way that it's forty two percent. I just think you're making an assumption that Brady takes it down the way he did against Dallas when on this night in the rain Brady was a fifty percent passer and was so just it's not fifty percent. Maybe it's forty percent. Right, right. I do want to clarify one thing and, and do me a favor on this. Find two sources on this, Brad. Is 
that ESPN doesn't account for the mod or the weather and next gen does. I heard the exact opposite. Hmm. So go ahead. Right on. I'll look for it. This article is written on ESPN.com. And so read it to me. Uh, Bill Belichick's decision was no, so the part that talks about the weather. ESPN's win probability model, however, doesn't factor in weather conditions. Wow. And does it say that the next gen does? Um if not, find me that. Because I'll look for it. I heard the opposite, but it was something I heard. So, okay, that's interesting. I want the components to get to 42%. Uh, I know. ESPN, I'm sure the guys that invented EPA don't know what they're doing. <laughs> All right. Apparently not. Well, okay, you and AJ should have a <laughs> – one day you can retire together, sit at the diner, and, like, complain about everything. Next game. Let's go to Fez's three-weight game. We've got the New England Patriots minus nine at the Houston Texans. So this is really power rating wise. So if I go just by my pure power ratings, I have New England a much better team. How much better? 13 and a half points better. Mm -hmm. Well, give Houston two for home field, which seems generous. Now I'm at 11 and a half. Mm -hmm. But whenever my numbers, my power rating numbers calculate a spread to be that high. All right. So anytime it's over a touchdown, right? Over a touchdown. Now it's not just your numbers. It's, it's in theory, it should be any power ratings that can't really intrinsically account for this because it doesn't know who the matchup is against. You've got to have an additional adjustment. Right. you got to dial it back basically for the team that's the double-digit favorite to let up in the fourth quarter. And that's the point is you are a master of in-game betting. And, for example, if the Patriots were up, ooh, I don't know, 14 points entering the fourth, what would be the fourth quarter line in the game? Pick them. So what the assumption is that in some of these ranges of outcome entering the fourth, that the Pats are going to be covering, but not covering by some huge margin or not tight. Because if the game's tight, fourth quarter is going to be played differently. If Pats are up by 28, it doesn't really matter in theory because you're up enough. It's if the Pats are up between 7 or 8 and 17 is when this really matters, right? Yeah, really when they're up 9, when they get up to, to you know the two scores that they suddenly are looking oh, because they're only Because that's a demarcator of it's going to take two scores. That's right. And now the question is how conservative are they? Okay. It's funny. I just read a study recently, and it's not here or there, but it's related just throw it out there for discussion, is what is the difference between a team's play when the win percentage chance is above 95 and below 5? Above 95, it actually doesn't change the team very much at all. Below 5, it changes it really drastically. So teams are in the modern era that are in the lead kind of play the same. Not exactly, and maybe there's a flaw in the in-game betting because I think back in the old days, it was more up the middle, up the middle. Teams keep stretching the lead now. You know, it's interesting because the one game I watched closely was, you watch Pittsburgh games. So Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Green Bay is up 17 and then up 10. And Green Bay had almost no passing production, but they did take, like, pursuant to what you said, they took a couple shots deep down the field. I don't recall seeing that five years ago. It's almost would be considered. Atlanta Super Bowl, I think, was the thing that woke everyone up. Yeah, it'd be considered to be bad form. And now teams, so, yeah, maybe the this regression that I'm doing might be a little bit too much. I think it's team by team. I think the Patriots mm. is applicable. Belichick takes the air out of the ball like Saban. I think with a modern team. Like the Eagles with Peterson, let's mm. say, I, or you know, I think or they Arizona, keep, they keep Kingsbury, it. yeah, I think. But it's a it's a powerful concept. But but I need to dial the eleven and a half back a little bit. I dialed it back to ten and a half. I still have a, a movement through the key number of ten. I only have to lay nine when my numbers say ten and a half. I, I have no problem laying nine given that. All right, so let's compare our power ratings. I got the Texans 
uh, almost eight points worse than an average team. I have them 12 points worse with Mills. Remember, Mills is quarterbacking, no. oh, and, he's, an and he's four points worse. What, what, yeah, you made it before. I think four points is generous, to oh, be honest. I, I'm sorry, four and a half points worse now than Taylor. I downgraded him. I, so he, I have Mills minus five and a half versus an average starting quarterback. To put that in perspective, I'm looking at every backup quarterback in the league. Tim Boyle is the worst backup quarterback. He's minus five and a half. Can I give you some stats on what this team's been like since they switched from Taylor to Mill, or I say switch, but since Mills has been in, their point differential with Tyrod Taylor, it was about five, a little over five quarters. They had Tyrod Taylor. They were plus 16 in point differential. Since he got hurt, they're minus 65. They, they've scored 50 or 67 points all season. 51 of them came in those five quarters with Tyrod Taylor. So in the other 11 quarters, they've scored 16 points. In the first half against Buffalo, they ran 22 plays and gained 11 yards of offense. Like, th th this is the worst offense you've seen. There's nothing good about it. Is this passive-aggressive? No, this is just, I, I the think... Fact, the fact that I had Houston last week? You've never no. talked so long about how bad a team is. I talk how bad a Houston is all the time. <laughs> Not last you, week? You were RJ like, no. said Mills was playing better. I you, thought he you, was. And I think oh, you, 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 I wasn't the only one that thought that. I, but though the action was on Buffalo, it closed by 17 and a half, right? 19. It closed at 19? Yeah. Pinnacle, well, it closed. Jeez. I should say 18, but Penny closed 19. So Can have you, you ever it? seen a favor that high move like that? I don't think I have. Maybe the San on Francisco Sunday? San Diego Super oh, Bowl. That was the only one. That might be. That's Steve Young <laughs> that time. How far do you have the Texans from the Jags, who I assume are, are your second worst? I have the Texans four points worse. Minus That's 12. Right. Minus 12 in my ratings. That can't be right. Too, right. too, too, too high? Should I lower them further? Well, here's here's what I got. So my, uh, my power ratings are computer amalgamation uh it doesn't now i have an adjustment for the quarterback so my adjustment is 4.8 points from an average or from the worst starter oh, no no an average starter i'm sorry an average starter. so that's right in line with you five and a half. Oh, you you're five and a half yeah okay so it's not that tyrod taylor though is how much is he that's it's the question four and, four and a half that's the question yeah all right, so we're within point seven, I guess. Okay, so now, well, no, you're saying four and a half, but against an average, it's five and a half. So we're point seven off because I got the average of minus four point eight. Okay, but remember now, my Texans is a number is not accounting for who's quarterback, but Mills now has played how many games? Two and a half games. Yep. So really, more than half of this is Mills's number, and I've got it minus seven point eight. Now let's say half or so of this 4.8 gets added in. So now it's going to be 2.4 from this. So I still would only have a minus, a Houston minus 10. You follow right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. So, and again, this is uh, an EPA number. This is an athletic number. And these are really good power ratings. So what I'm saying is your bet is really your rating on Houston. That is spot on. And yes. you are off market by definition. Because you're, I think everyone's pretty agreement on New England. I've got New England almost exactly an average team. Well, where do you put Buffalo in in uh, Houston? Like where? Because that if it got pushed up to 19, where where do your ratings have them well, separated at? I've got Buffalo 18 points better than Houston. Okay. 
But now you got to get into home field. And yeah, you got to get into regressing. It's it complicated. What, what's interesting, the season win number right now. Remember, Taylor's going to come back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a month, how long it's going to be. What are you hearing? Uh, I've heard three weeks. For three, now. three more weeks, yeah. Uh-huh. So Houston has a win. What would you set their season win number to be? Okay. I think they're, they're still playing hard. I don't have any great interest to bet against Houston or Detroit just because mm-hmm. I think they're playing hard. And um, you they played hard last week. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to lose. Listen, what did I say when I made the bet? I said, sometimes you're going to lose by 40 and it's going to look ridiculous. This happens. It's fear of that that prevents people from playing the positive EV play. Now, listen, the fact it went to 19 means it wasn't the right play, right? Something else was going on here. I don't know what, right? But, they, I mean, it could have been food. Po- I mean, this was not a normal move either. And it wasn't the public. And that's a great point. Sometimes it's a black box. You don't know what caused. Well, I think that at least. I'd say at least three times a month in the last couple of years there's been moves to make. Like, that, that, that Arizona move made no – at a certain point, it didn't make All logical. the way down to four last week? I, I, four and a half, I think. Yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is it started – it kept moving and yeah. kept moving, and it just, it just didn't make sense. It was – and then the fact that it won so easily, it, there's, there's – mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, my gosh, there's people that know things that no one else knows. And there is, but it happens – three times a month maybe right and i wonder steve if we took all the moves that made no sense in the last five years i think we would have won like 80 percent of them and i don't think we've played one of them yeah i agree like i remember that dallas atlanta game last year i I can't even remember what direction it was in but it went all the way down well you know what when you mentioned atlanta games though there are certain teams that the that that there's been huge moves on Cleveland and Atlanta over the past but, five years, and those teams have gotten shredded. But there's a difference between. Let me make a distinction mm. here. You're right, but here's a distinction. Line is ten. It gets hit like like the Browns against Kansas City in the playoffs last year. In the playoffs, yes, game was ten, ten and a half in the future. Get, gets banged down to eight. That was the sharps were aggressive, on, but you could. I thought the line should have been eight. It was like I I played it. Oh yeah, so so we agreed with those moves as opposed to why the hell is Pittsburgh what? dropping like by another point when they're hosting Cincinnati games like that. That is a good game. That was what was I was two and a half right at kick. That was this year. That well that was injury related, but there was a prior year where where there were just some crazy. Yeah, but line no one moves. who thought Cincinnati and Pittsburgh were even. Teased. Nobody. But no the market the or the people driving the market did. Yeah. So what I'm saying is those games tend to win, and they tend to win easy. Yes. You're right. It's something to look at. I don't think there's any game like that this week. Uh, you know, Houston's season win number is three and a half shaded to the under. They've already won a game. All right, so let's think about that. Three and a half shaded. All right. Huh. See, it would be hard for me to guess. So right now, it's interesting. So they're in a worse position right now than they were starting the season. Even though they won again. Well, no, they they're about the same as where they started because remember three point eight. Okay. Now they're three point three despite winning a game. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So it's worse. Okay. I was just going three and a half, three and a half. I didn't think about the vig on it, but yeah. So, and plus, when you win one of your first four yeah. games, you that means you're on pace to yeah, win. You're four. happy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, unless well, I guess Jags were one of their easier games. So I'll be honest. I I actually do have an under four and a half ticket. And I don't want Tyrod Taylor to come back because they do look like a different Because you don't care about all the fans. You care about your little ticket. You care about fans? Yeah. You're the fan who beats the man. You think you'd be kind of representative of the fans. (sighs) You're the fan who beats a man that doesn't care about other fans. I don't care about other fans. (laughs) That's A.J. Hawk. That's the right attitude. (laughs) I'm R.J. The Rattler. I'm R.J. Bell. All right. Anything else on this one? Yeah. It's another example of Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. And we saw what he did to Zach Wilson 
uh, at Isn't the there going to be a letdown on the Pats, the same as the letdown or the Tampa Bay Bucks? No, the, the they're 1-3. The they need the game three. like blood. Yeah. I don't know. Is is trade is not paying Gilmore a white flag on the season? No. Mm-hmm. New England doesn't raise white flags. Well, they did. I don't know. Last year, it felt like that they knew they were in a salary. Belichick said himself, we were in a salary cap bind that we just couldn't get out they, of. They it. kept During playing the hard. Season, they kept they playing played hard. hard, but they didn't make any decisions. Like if you had a Super Bowl caliber they team, didn't. you maybe overpay Gilmore. That's good. That's a good point. They financially. They, they don't think they're they, a Super they Bowl team. And maybe psychologically they, they were open that they were when the season started. I still think they think they can make the playoffs. I think they can. I think the trend line is going to be up. Yes. All right, next game. Let's go to RJ's three-weight. Or should we do my three-weight first? Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. let's do the, the Buffalo Bills plus two and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to – I know you guys will uh, throw me down on this, but don't, – Don't try to guess what we're going to say. I'll nominate this as the uh, the underdog, uh, the money line underdog play. We'll take it under advisement. We, okay. There's a box. Just fill out a, a note a with a pencil and just pop Drop it in Drop it there. in there. Go the ahead. comments box. <laughs> uh, we, listen, you saw this game in the playoffs so who's last your pick? Year. The Bills. Uh, Bills uh, my, or Bills plus two and a half. You saw this in the in the AFC Championship last year, and the Bills got smashed. And I thought they had a good chance in that game. They did not. The Bills could not keep the pressure off. The Bills could not get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Different offensive line in Kansas City and a different pass rush for Buffalo this year. I think they're going to be able to get after Mahomes with four players. And I think that's going to be a big difference in the game. I also love that the Bills have started using Dawson Knox more and the Chiefs struggle. That's actually a very, very savvy point. The Chiefs struggle against tight ends. And finally, they like very the, savvy. the Bills have smallish receivers for the most part. Cole Beasley and and Stephon Diggs. They, they don't have a big guy. And they finally started using Dawson Knox as that guy. And he, he's been very good. Uh, I, I like what they're doing right now. You said this on, I think it was on the radio show, that if the Bills offense is 10% worse and their defense is 30% better, then they're a much, much better team. And I think that's probably pretty accurate. They've got the top-graded defense on so PFF right Fez, now. Fez, you got the Bills number one right now. I do. All right, go ahead, AJ. Kansas City number two. Mm-hmm. 82.8 is their, uh, their PFF grade right now. Best defense in the league. So... I think they're going to be able to get that pressure without blitzing, which you have to do against Mahomes. So Bills plus two and a half for me. So if we look at strength of schedule, and I like to split this between offense and defense. This is a mix. We've got Buffalo with the easiest schedule in the NFL up to this point. Number 32. Uh, This is by PFF. Uh, Buffalo's remaining is 21. So a below average difficulty from here, but the easiest schedule. Where do we account for this? You uh, know, it's funny that I, I didn't think of their schedule as being all that easy. And then I look at it and I'm like, yeah, it is a pretty easy schedule because I don't think highly of Pittsburgh. Well, I mean, the Dolphins, the football team, and the Texans. So there may be, there may be something to that. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I th- when I think of the teams that played the. Cause so I, ben, ben and three backup quarterbacks. No, but I, I guess right? you're right. But I, I thought at the beginning of the season. Only <laughs> really four backup quarterbacks. It seemed like Denver playing the Giants, Jets, and Jags, teams that we knew were bad mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. That was, But 
We didn't know the Steelers were going to be this bad. Mm-hmm. We didn't know the Dolphins would be this bad. We didn't know the football team would be this bad. So, yeah, it's it's been an easier schedule than it, now, it projected to be. Now, all you can do is blow out bad teams. And to be fair, Heineke, I think we all would say, is a perfectly yeah, still, capable listen, starting quarterback. I got Washington at 27. Where do you got him? I mean, right in that range, right? Yeah. You did it before the show. Yeah, 25. So it's a 26. I mean, let's look at the numbers. I will call it 26 for Washington. I've got Pittsburgh 22. What do you got? 22. All right. So 22, 26. The Jags 31. And 32 for Houston. Yeah. So 31, 32, 27. And then their tough game that they got beat handedly against number 22. Blocked. So the teams they beat. 27, 31, 32. So you said if you're going to, all you can do is blow out the bad teams. Mm-hmm. Their margin of victory is 97 in those three games. I agree. But if you are focused on something like patch rush or defense and you focus on it against bad teams, it could be deceiving. Could be. Now, and, and Kansas City, and I'm sure you've got those numbers, a little bit of a contrast in their strength of schedule, right? Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't looked. Kansas City, seventh hardest by PFF. Now, that's fascinating. It's seventh because look at who Kansas City has played. Uh-huh. Uh, one second. They played Cleveland, mm-hmm. Baltimore, mm-hmm. Chargers, and Philly. So they played three playoff teams and, yeah, and the Eagles. So the team's harder than them. Uh, they got the Rams harder. Uh, that's six. Number five would be actually Philadelphia themselves. Philadelphia, we'll talk about it, has a sneaky tough schedule. Not only the teams, but remember, 49ers after they had the second week, they did the mini camp. That's a really good point. Right? So the worst possible time to play the Niners. And they're still healthy. KC they always get of, hurt. KC off of two losses. Dallas, Monday night football, first with Dak back the first time. And then they dominate Atlanta. Yeah. It, it, I, you know what? You just sold me. I'm raising Philly's power rate. You <laughs> sold me. It is interesting on that. Number four, Detroit, which they have a, obviously a tough schedule. Number three, uh, the, the Chargers. Number two. Only lost to Dallas in a coin flip game. Minnesota, number two. Sure. And number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, they got their methodology. What, what's football outsiders have? Can you look that up, McKenzie? Yeah, one sec. All right. Um, what do you what do you think of this game? But the Bills. I do have the Bills, the best team. So when this line came out three, I was like, hey, I, I get the number one team catching three. I gotta bet that. And then the three disappears, and now it's two and a half. And I, I know it's like, oh, it's only a half point. It's a big half point. It's, oh yeah. It's like a. The it's biggest. like. Well, it's a base. It's like a baseball game. You asking me and said, right, three is important. We got it exactly. So you say so. So do I like this team plus one twenty? No. Did I like them plus one forty? Yes. All right, but the question is, why did you like them at three? I mean, let's get into the handicap. We get you like them less at two and a half. Well, I think the playoff revenge favors Buffalo. You know, they. I know they're only a three and a half point dog in the playoffs, and that turned out to be a bad number. That that um, Kansas City should have been laying more. But whenever I get a team that lost in the playoff game and they have they, their recent playoff revenge, the game means more to them. But then again, Kansas City has two losses. So Kansas City really needs the game. So maybe that mitigates it some. If Kansas City had been 4-0, I would have loved the Bills because I would have thought that, you know, that then Kansas City would be, yeah. We'd be getting more than three we also. Do, we, do what, we, we, we do what we do. We win these games. You're less than three. But but, yeah, yeah, no, the Bills would be getting more than three. If KC was if KC was four, oh, it, it oh, would yeah, have been, yeah. then it would have been three and a half or four. Um, but 
But now the Kansas City, you know, they're in a really tough division. They're looking at these other teams, and they're like, you know what? We really can't go two and three. Let's get away for a minute from the, all the like speculating about motivation. I mean, I don't. I, you're you're right. in a tough division. All, I mean, Prime time game. It's yeah. like, this is the question is how good. I think it was a real question about how good Kansas City is. I do too. Their defense is horrendous. Six point nine by every metric yards per play. I know simplistic, but still. By far the worst in the NFL. I think the second worst is 6.6 in Houston. That's uh, saying their defense. Yeah, yeah, in terms of what they're giving up. That defense has just been a sieve. And I think it's called a sieve. That too, yes. <laughs> um, you know, is there a prop on punts? I want punts under five and a half in this game. Well, listen, that brings up an interesting point because not only are they good offenses, if Buffalo learned any lesson against this Kansas City team, you can't kick field goals. Yep. And that's, I think they're, they're going to go Philly for it. didn't punt. They're, yeah, they're going to, and they lost by, you know. They, they didn't even cover. So uh, I think in general, anything that lends itself to fourth down, like like you said, punts would be great under. You know, field goal under three and a half. They're not going to be kicking field goals. Yeah, the Bills actually. There's a kick, lot of props, and this is going to be a Sunday night game. Yeah, they, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. The Bills actually kicked a bunch of field goals, like on fourth and shorts last week against the Texans because they knew the Texans couldn't score. I, th- I think they know after last season that this Kansas City team, they've got to put touchdowns on the board. That's a good point, RJ. Yeah. Now, remember, people forget that game Kansas City played in Buffalo where KC ran the ball like crazy in the regular season. The Bills are one of those teams, one of the few, the most modern of tempting the teams to run. That was that was a really bad – am I the right Tuesday that that was one of those was, weird short weeks? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a tough one. But they came in – Low just, scoring. Low scoring, 26-15. dominated yeah. that game. Chiefs in the fourth quarter, the trademarked wind share, luck delta, I'll work on the name, is 73% chance to win against Cleveland in the fourth quarter. Okay. A lot of people thought it was less than that. 56% against Baltimore. So they had a better than 50% chance, but still 50%. And against the Chargers, 45%. 96% against Philly, though they did not punt. So if you add it up, Kansas City has, uh, let me see here. They have 1.7 less games than they should. So there's effectively, they're supposed to be uh, 2.7 and 1.3 instead of 2 and 2. So a little underrated. I think you're right. The offense is probably playing better than it did last year. The defense is playing worse. And every week that goes by, Kansas City's O-line is going to get better. You know, because they've got all those new pieces. So by the end of the year, I still think Kansas City is going to be the best team. But people ask me, the hitman just asked me, he's like, you want to bet uh, who lasts longer, Buffalo or Kansas City? And I'm like, no, because Kansas City is going to be better in January. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got such a big – I can't believe you don't want that bet. The Bills have a great chance to get the number one seed. They do. So how much better could they be in January? That's a good point for that division. Maybe I should take that. Yeah, with Maybe that, I should the, take that. There's a chance they might not make the playoffs. I mean, it, it happens all the time. I mean, like a really good team. Whereas Buffalo 10, clinched 10, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. I, yeah, the hitman was trying to fight you to take. You got the bills. He got Kansas City. Yeah. You know what it is? Those analytics people. They they are so in love with Mahomes and offense. Offense. Oh, so they're like, God. oh, four sevens make it make it higher than four sevens. If weight the offense. Oh, I think it is higher. These I days. do agree. So just to be clear, at Football Outsiders, it's it's in eighths. Four eighths is offense. 
three-eighths is defense, one-eighth is special yes, teams. Yes. So I think that's outdated at this point myself. And part of that, too, has to do with going for it on fourth. The more you go for it, the more important offense is. Did, you, did you see what um, Brandon Staley did with the Chargers? It's, it's like he routinely, I, with the lead, he's got the big lead against the Raiders. It's fourth and four at midfield. It's like, ah, we're going for it. I think some of this is going to be like the, the Golden State lineup at death. When it was the only one doing it, no one knew what to do with it. As the defenses start thinking about how to handle these fourth downs, I think the effectiveness goes down. You know, that's a great point because think about how often do you practice stopping a team on fourth and four? Never, because it, because teams don't go for it fourth and four. So now they'll design and they'll learn, hey, we got to have blitz packages and things for plays like that. I think so. I think so. Um, by the way, I was going to ask you this real quick. I was saying how that Patriots game looked like it was back in time because they were punting and all that. Then we got off on the field goal and all that. Did we get any uh, – so you got a second confirmation on that? What did you get on that? Yeah, uh, from Next Gen Stats directly, uh, they take into uh, the weather, take into account the weather. Okay. So you just got whoever told you or whoever you heard it from yeah, must have got it reversed. It was, or maybe I flipped in my head. Hmm. So if anything, it kind of tells me that – you're right because I th I would trust the model that accounts for the weather because it was a big factor. Mm -hmm. um, uh, do you feel like that Belichick's just behind? Where remember he's the guy that started all this fourth down against Peyton Manning. Remember fourth and three on like his own thirty. No one understood it. He just said I don't know. I felt like going for it. you know. He didn't explain it to anyone. Is he really behind now, or does he understand elements of the game that a guy on Twitter can't understand? Which we know that, but is he missing something, though? I think neither. I really think he's dependent upon the guy in his headset telling him what to do. And oh, he follows the rules. Whoa. He follows no. Whoa. Whoa. I can't believe you think that. All right, Ernie. First of all, Ernie Adams, who was his buddy, like literally they were high school mm -hmm. friends and worked together all but like five years since. Ernie Adams was trading bonds on Wall Street for five years. He said, I got to go make some millions. I'll be back. I don't know if that was exactly how it went. He retired after last year. So I think. Now that's interesting. I th but, but listen, Belichick is, was the driver of all of it. Now, he would tell. And again, Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, talks about what he did for Belichick. For two years, he was there. A former GM and for the Browns, still GM. He pretty much was like he'd spend a month at a time on a project. He'd be like, hey, we're thinking about drafting rugby players. Yeah, I'm just making this up. And what is going to be the ability for that position rugby to play this position in the NFL? Mm. And Lombardi would sp spend a month like researching it, putting getting academics into it, and then preparing dossiers on that stuff. When <laughs> PFF once told a story, they were given presentations – at the combine, this is like eight, nine years ago, and that there was 15 people in the audience, and all NFL teams were invited, and nine of them were from other teams, and six were from the Patriots. Mm. They had like everyone taking their own notes. All you know, they this is Belichick so far ahead of this stuff. He there's some because everyone's got the, listen. The EPA effectively is the mo I mean, we can say let's tweak the EPA here, let's tweak it here. Everyone's using the same model, pretty much, except probably Belichick and a couple others. I, you know what you should do? It's, is it's, Tomlin using the model? 
He's going opposite. Just, just <laughs> random. Oppo EPA. <laughs> now, the funny thing is there just came out a study. ESPN Today put it out. Who's the most advanced analytics organizations? The Browns won by a mile. Mm -hmm. Last year's winner came in second, the Ravens. So, and no one else got more than one vote. Mm -hmm. So, by proclamation, the Ravens and the Browns are the two most analy analytically driven team. And then there's the Steelers. I think David Culley's in that conversation, too. He couldn't even pronounce the word analytics and said, it's a, I go by my gut. That's what I believe in. You know what's funny, though? I almost like that if I'm a big underdog because I don't care about winning the game. <laughs> I want him to lessen variance. Think about it. If we were taking a plus 17, you know, or let's say a plus 11 dog, I want the coach not trying to win through high variance. Yeah, it's a strong point. The uh -huh. last thing is they're on their own eight-yard line. You see this. You uh -huh. know, these coaches uh -huh. punt all the time. So down six. So when your team gets good, you fire him and get a guy who knows what he's doing? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what they're doing. That's what the Browns do. Absolutely what they're doing. And, and it's also because they figure they're rebuilding anyway, so that's, he's cheap. Yep. What's he getting per year? I, I don't know, but it ain't much. The, the, the Astros did the same thing when we were in Houston. We, talked, we called him the Bo Porter coach. Mm -hmm. The Astros hired a guy named Bo Porter when they were losing 110 games a year, and they were building it up. And then as soon as they started to get good, uh, sorry, Bo, you're out. Now – Based on the this model that uses weather, next gen, Pats were 86% chance to win the game. Wow. And it went to 56. I'm missing the fourth down. How could they be 56 after they missed the fourth down? Going back to the Belichick 2009 infamous oh. decision against the 8 0 Colts. Oh. When they were up by six. Okay. Um, real quick, McKenzie, you've got the conclusion on the left. And the context on the right. Does that make sense? In Western cultures, unlike the Jewish cultures, <laughs> left to right. Okay. So, yes, I read left to right. Um, all right. So, this was week 10 in 2009. The Colts were 8 0, Pats were 6 2. Leading the Pats 34 28 on their own 28. Pats went for it on fourth down, and it was fourth and what, two? Correct. Yep. With two minutes left. So if they get the first down, game's over. They don't. They've got to go 28 yards. If they punt it, they got to go like 70 yards. How can they have an 86% chance to win if they punt? I don't understand. How can the beginning? Well, 86%? remember now, the models back then weren't as sophisticated, but that's, again, where Belichick. You can have Peyton Manning 6-1, to one, down 6 with two minutes to You're play? You're thinking like the genius. Well, let's think about this now. So you punt. Down six, okay, six to one. So he's saying it would be 80 to win. The Colts win more than 40. Pats went from 86. Remember, the 86, though, doesn't – see, this is the part I don't fully get yet. Does that assume – it doesn't assume you're punting. It, I don't so know. So it, it, it counts in the odds that you could have made that fourth and two. Yeah. So. so I don't – yeah, so I don't know. So what they're going to make the theory is you're going to make fourth and two what uh, sixty percent of the time with Brady, maybe even a little more. Okay, so if you do that, you're going to win a hundred percent of the time. Right. So, yeah, if they assume they're going to go, if it's a they, but this was an innovative thing him going for but it. No matter which decision I make, I'm not getting to eighty six percent. Well, but if it's a hundred percent, sixty five percent of the time, you're getting pretty close. 
Okay. All right. Accept. Right? I mean, I guess that's I accept the, that. I accept that. Yeah. That's the yeah. question. How yeah. much? Okay. But I don't think they would have thought half the time they'd yeah. go for it. So, all right. I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit. But left to right, we know that part. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of years of culture have gotten us to here. <laughs> all right. Next guy. It's your three-weight, RJ. The Green Bay Packers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Guys, let's take a second and back up. Let's see if there's any other derivatives. we got two to go. So, AJ, if you don't mind, read the pick. Start from the top and read the picks. One that we've made so far? Yeah, but one at a time, then I'll tell you when to go to the next one. Uh, we did Ravens minus seven hosting Colts. All right, so Ravens minus seven hosting Colts. So is there anything about the offense or the – now, personally – I like under – now, here's the question. What does better, the Ravens offense or the Ravens defense? I think the Ravens defense does really well here. We know Carson Wentz is not good against the blitz, all right? Ravens blitz as much as anyone. More than anybody. More than anyone. And Carson Wentz is still hobbling or whatever the hell he's doing with his one less bone in his foot now. And – I guess the question is, is there any um, – What's a Colts team? I'm not playing there? under 19 and a half. It's too low. So the mechanics of yeah. it are bad. Okay. Yeah. So let's keep – I don't think there's anything else there. So keep moving. Uh, the 49ers plus five and a half at Cardinals. And that's the one we've got, right? right? First quarter. First quarter plus a half. On uh, San Fran. Dolphins plus 10 at Bucks. Okay. Now, here's the question. I don't want any part – or I want less of the Dolphins scoring because Brissett against those D-backs, Sherman gets another week there. He might trick Brissett once. I like under Tampa team total a lot more. That's our handicap here. Get a good number 29 also so we get above the key 28. All right, let's do yes. it. I'm, I'm, with, I'm on a board. I yep. agree. All right, AJ, put it in the note box. <laughs> now, do you like that? Yeah, I do like that. All right. TB under 29. Under 29, Tampa Bay. Continue. Uh, Pats minus nine at Texans. Pats minus nine at Texans. I don't see anything there. I got I got two suggested first half unders. This is one of them. All right, go ahead. All right. First I got, half I, under. I've got two games lined at 39 and a half to 40. Okay, really low totals. It seems to me, and I don't have the data, Boy, these games tend to start slow. And then oftentimes you get some garbage in the second half. I like the first half under 20 in yeah, this game. You, I think the Pats defense feels good. The offense doesn't. I, see, I, I think that the Pats, what they did last week against the uh, against the Bucks, all that throwing, I don't think they do that at all this week. I think they run, run, run. And, I mean, the Texans are like 30th in the league against the run. I think the clock keeps running. I, I, I do think that the first half under is not a bad call. Well, first off, the fact we're going to be under 21, I don't like that. Like the div if under we were, 20. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. horrible. Obviously. Yeah, the game total is 39 and a half. That's what I'm saying. So, But we're going under 20 and 21, and what's the next key number? Like we're going to be Well, 20 is – got to get 20. 20 is the key number. And, I mean, are we getting 20? Yeah, under 20, like lay a minus 15. Mm. And there's I don't another, like there, Okay, there's another one. Let me. Th I think you'll All like right. this one a lot better. Your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are playing the Denver Broncos. I know, I know. Looks like it's going to be lock. Oh, yeah, I think for sure. First half under 20. Why is that? I just see this as complete close to the vest. Hand it, hand it off to Najee why Harris. Why first half more than? Because the, the these lower totaled games, if a team gets ahead, 
like 17 to 3 and you're going Except into halftime. One thing Ben can do is throw he threw for 500 yards against the Browns in the playoff game. He throws from behind. Well, that's why I want first half under not not game under because no, all hell can break that. loose. I cannot. Yeah, so if a team yeah, if a team gets up big, but if they get up too big, it's going to go over twice. Eh, I don't know. Here's here's a new test I've been doing. Am I selling at an extreme of the market? Am I buying high? Am I selling low? We'd be selling the Pittsburgh offense about as low as you can sell it, right? I agree. So I get sometimes it's going to be even lower still. Is there a team with a worse, besides the Texans, a worse quarterback situation than the Steelers? Well, yeah. I mean, right now. I mean, like either have the guy of the future waiting well, around. But then why or, does that matter about this? Or team? have somebody who can actually do but it. Why right does now? it matter about all that matters now is how good the players are today, right? Okay. I mean, I get if we were going to kibitz on the Steelers, but like for the pick, I think, I think if anything, Big Ben's prideful. I mean, yeah, and, and it's it's a good point that I'm thinking about. Big Ben sucks. But I'd much rather have a quarterback that sucks, that knows he sucks and takes care of the ball, than a quarterback like Big Ben that still thinks he's a gunslinger and may well High throw variant. pick six. And here's another thing. A lot of people are telling me it's not he's not throwing well. He's throwing okay, they're saying. It's he won't take a hit. That he's just been hit. That's why he's have getting rid of the ball so fast. seen how slow he is? Yeah, but he's, so he can't run a five. He, he feels like a sitting duck out there, and he's getting rid of the ball quick. But if he says this is a must win or for my pride i got to do something different, he'll take a few more hits, maybe complete another pass or two. Versus you saw Tom Brady actually run six yards for a first okay, down. Yeah, Brady is younger than Ben. Oh, by clearly. Or, I agree. By about 10 no years. No real insight there. And Andy Dalton is not an elite quarterback. AJ said that on their show. You're saying Big Ben's slow. I talked to him about that. <laughs> oh, he didn't attribute you? That was rude, man. No, I, I, he, we're talking about after the fact he talked I, to me about it. I was joking about oh. how like he would have had to give you that. All I was saying is Matt Nagy hasn't had a top-flight quarterback, and I named off the not-top-flight quarterbacks he's had. No, 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 no. You said, I go, how bad is Andy Dalton? You go, well, listen, I'm pretty sure he's not top-flight. That's not how I said yes, it. Yes, you nope. did. McKenzie, nope. Nope. you remember? Do not recall. You threw out the hypothetical. Now, is Andy Dalton an average quarterback? Which is like, it, it's almost like... Can, can, no, he was asking the hypothetical. Right, right. It, it it's like, that's like asking, can, can tic-tac-toe be mastered? <laughs> is it a solved game? <laughs> Are we ready to go to these other games? Well, hold on a second. Mackenzie wants to tell us a little something. Listen, I, I'm not one to judge people's um, deviant acts. I guess we'll call it. So this is what he had to say. Let me, yep, here it is. This is how he likes food. Well, I don't know even how to say this. Let me see. This is his personal preferences, we'll call it, when it comes to food. That's a bang bang. Well, that's where we go have a whole meal at one place and then go right to another place and have another one. Bang bang. <laughs> that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm shoveling in a bunch of snacks right now. What are you doing later? Oh, I got dinner here in 20 minutes. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang. All right. And yeah, so nothing there. No. And then the only other game is uh, Bills plus two and a half at Chiefs. Okay. Which I recommended for underdog money line. Yeah, no. Um, what, what, Kansas City wins more games that don't cover than anyone. Can I throw out punts under five and a half? Because I think that's what we the line will be. Props. It gets too niche. Fair enough. Right? I mean, we want to give a nice wide market. Yep. I mean, I like some – I mean, I think A.J. has a great prop on the tight end from the Bills over. I think it's one of the best props. 
You listening, Andrew? I am. I was. Can you, you look that up, Mackenzie? I'm not used to you saying nice things to me. It's odd. When it's appropriate. <laughs> you hit the post a couple days ago. Thank How you. nice was that? Thank you. That was good. All right. So, um, and I. By the way, I talked about this on the show. Do you, I like Chubb over. Pat, I think that he's going to run, run, run. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. And yeah, he might lead the Staley's league. Staley's defense. He might lead the league in in, in rushing this year. So I, I, that makes sense. All right, so Second, we got, one game, gonna we got one game to go. The reason, and you agree with me, Kansas City wins more games, close games. We don't want to like play Bills. I want those points with the Bills. Yes. All right, what's our next game? Packers minus three at the Bengals. Okay. Your three weight. That was a three weight, huh? At some point, we got to kind of accept maybe I was wrong about Aaron Rodgers. He didn't play great, but it's like, listen, he had the bad first game, and he's played really well since. And, all right, I could keep acting like – now, I'm not sure I'm wrong, but I'm coming off that. And I know the Bengals are overrated. I know that part. And I know this coach is horrible. And this line is shockingly – I mean, did this line surprise you? Yeah, my power rating's made it four. It's 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 kind of injury-related that Green Bay, the Smith brothers are probably both out. Oh, the Smith brothers. But the the – the Bengals have injuries too. Jesse yeah, Bates, their safety's out. Mixon's banged Probably up. Out. He's questionable. So yeah, there's injuries on both sides. Um, the Green Bay might have an, another edge rusher out, so they might be really lacking an edge rusher. So they're gonna have to outscore Cincinnati in this oh, game if that's the so case. So if they can get twenty, they're fine. I mean, the Bengals. Well, I think this is gonna be a shootout. Well, I think they're gonna need twenty-seven. Let me guess. Your buddy, the Hitman, has a pick on the total. Let's see. <laughs> Best bet. Bengals, Packers, over 50 and a half, like it up to 51. Joe Burrow emphasized throwing the ball deep after the Bears game, and it's working this season. Joe Burrow already has four touchdown passes of throws over 15 yards downfield, which is tied for the league lead after just one as a rookie. In Burrow's three games outside of the Bears game this year, he's averaged a ridiculous 9.7, 9.6, and 10.9 yards per attempt. The Bengals had their highest pass rate of the year last week, and they likely get T. Higgins back this week and will be without Joe Mixon, which should mean even more passing for the Bengals. Aaron Rodgers' pressure splits this year are noticeable, and the Bengals only ranked 24th in pressure rate this season. The Bengals' run defense has played pretty well this year, but they've been a pass funnel, and there's nothing to scare us about this matchup against this Bengals' defense. Green Bay is likely playing this game without their best two pass rushers, and their top corner, Jari Alexander. Cincinnati could be without their best defensive player also, and Jesse Bates. Over it is, like it up to 51. Oh, your handicapping partner has the over. Coincidental? Sharp, sharp guy. All right. Uh, Burrow emphasized throwing deep after Bears game, and it's working. He's not calling the plays. I don't get this. Burrow had four TD passes of throws over 15 yards. Tied for the lead league. It's playing Jacksonville. Bengals highest pass rate of the season last week. And do you think that Jacksonville defense is motivated with their coach? They nothing. What are they going to do but pass? I love the hit, man. He's super sharp on the props and other, but I don't like this at all. I think he went 6-1 and one on his props last week. No, I mean, it's, yeah, it's steady. And I think the Bengals defensive numbers, like the, everybody's like, oh, the Bengals look good on defense, and they have, but they've played the Jags. They played the Bears. They got Minnesota where with all the, that just wasn't ready in the first half and had 12 penalties. And they played the Steelers. So they've, they've not that really That defense seen, is not good for the Bengals. I, I don't believe in that Bengals defense. So I, I, I'm with you, RJ. I like this pick. I, I like the Packers running away with this now is this one of uh your pick it was my last cut okay okay 
and it's rare that I make a game power rating four that flops three. You know, that's pretty. That's that's through the key numbers. So sir. why isn't it one of your picks? The, the injuries. And remember, we're picking on Wednesday. It doesn't mean come Sunday that the injuries might fall away. You want to bet the game? Yes. Okay. That's right. And it also doesn't mean that the the ticket you post from the Westgate is exactly what we gave out on this pod because every week people are mad. This isn't what you said it was going to be. See, AJ, when you start to actually have hundreds of thousands of people listening, you get a lot of attention. <laughs> no, it's because you tag me in it when you post it, so I get it all. I want to try to give you a little bit of attention. <laughs> I don't even look at my mention, so I don't know what they're saying. I got bigger fish to fry. Next pick, Fez is two-star and RJ's one-star, but we've got a crossfire. Ooh. The L.A. Chargers, the Cleveland Browns. Are you doing like a Vince McMahon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, it, is it all right? Nah. The Chargers, one and a half point favorites, hosting the Browns. What say you, Fezzik? I say Chargers. I'm going to make the case that my power ratings don't justify Wrong. this place play. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. So I'm in trouble right off the bat. I thought you said you'd never go against your, your power ratings. It's because one of the guys that I consult with. Oh, Vito. Vito, Brad, Vito, not our Brad, another Brad, on a weekly basis keeps telling me the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl. He's like, you've got the Chargers. That's so your biggest mistake. it's not Brad mistake. Powers. It's not Brad Powers. It's not Brad Rousseau. No. It's, it's a Brad to be named later. Brad Vito. He doesn't sound Italian. He's like this team. Bradley Cooper. He's like Herbert. Is a top not five funny. quarterback. He might be a little bit biased. He says, look at that schedule that they played. They're three and one. He, he says, you can make the case. And I'm it's powerful. Well, you're dragging this out. What's the, the point? The point is they're three and one, and they played as well as any team in terms of a collection of four games. They've one loss. They played the Cowboys. Good team. Coin flip game could have gone either way. And they well, beat, let's get, let's get they that beat Kansas City. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead with the doubt. You got the, the wind share. On I Dallas, mean, right, right now we got the wind share. The, the Chargers have won pretty much exactly what you would expect. Yes. It's so a 0.3 uh, uh, over. So slight. They, they they won slightly more than they should have. Yes. And they won at Kansas City. Uh-huh. They beat the Raiders, who were undefeated. They beat the Washington football team. So they played four quality oh, opponents. Hold on a there. second. Where's the Washington football team in your ranking? Slightly below average. Yeah, you got them 25, don't you? Uh, That's more than slightly. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's closer to the worst than average. What has happened to my ratings? It's closer to worse than average. 25th. Okay, so yes. it's seven away from the worst, and it's All right. nine away from average. Yes. Go ahead. So they won at the Washington football team. You know, and you and know, where do you have the Raiders right now? Raiders are right in the middle, 16th. All right, so you have an average team, a bad team, the, and then you got the Cowboys. Number 10-ish. That they lose to, so they beat one good team. Kansas City. One good team. At, at Arrowhead. One good team. Yeah, that's, yes. that's a nice win. Nice one. One good team. We're, I, I don't. I don't get it. Like, Maybe I'm that? overreacting to the fact that we. Do, I just had a spirited um, disagreement with this fellow, uh-huh. Vito, Vito, and he told me, Chargers are way, way better than the Raiders. They're gonna. They're gonna dominate the Raiders. You're on. You're on drugs. He's like this Charger team's a top but, five. Remember team. the market went from three and a half to three before game day. That's right. I mean, more sharps had what we had in our pocket, three and a half. That's right. That's right. Um, but, but Brad. Brad says he's smarter more. than the marketplace mm-hmm. and smarter than me. And he says, I'm an idiot to be picking against the Chargers, start picking on the Chargers. Maybe I'm overreacting because Brad had a big week. All right. 
that that was not a high confidence handicap. He he defra he just gave responsibility to someone else. <laughs> Blame yeah. Vito. All right, I'm gonna take responsibility for this pick. What game is it? Cleveland. Oh, I'm joking. Here's the key to this. Staley's a smart coach. I mean, we talked about this on SOV on 225 stations coast to coast in this great country of ours. I think there's some stations other than that, but I count the American stations best. That's just me. Suck at Canada. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, back before, I suppose there were some good strip clubs across from Detroit. I never went. <laughs> I think Montreal's better. Then what, America? They don't even speak what? English there. Better oh. than America, Steve Fezzik. What? Montreal. Is better than America? I hear good things. God. You think it's better than America? I got I've his, never I got I served my country, so he had the right nah. to say that. I had his mic. <laughs> I had his mic cut. He was saying America, America, and his mic was cut. That was hilarious. All right. So anyway, maybe you and Brad Rousseau should go have tea and crumpets or something. <laughs> Yeah, French croissant. It's called Ghoul. Yeah, I want an egg freaking McMuffin. He's in Texas this week. I'm sure he'll find some good activity there. Who are you talking about? Brad. No, Brad. no, not, not our Brad. That's you have another Brad, Brad Vito in your life? No, Brad Vito. <laughs> Faz is starting to sundown. We got to get going. All right. I've been up 10 hours. <laughs> All right. Here's my handicap. Staley's a great coach, or good coach. He, he's a great tactician, I think, already. He'll, he'll, he'll be a, who knows what. He's a good coach, it's a great tactician. He was not even a coordinator like 14 months ago or whatever. He came in and turned around the Rams' defense. Wade Phillips, they weren't that good. Now he's coming, Chargers are trending in the right direction. They're still trending, though. Now, a guy from the ring, or the new guy, talks really fast, I don't even know his name yet. He's got some good film insight. And he said, okay, what do you need to run the Stanley defense? Is you need a great safety that can be a run stopper. You know, like a, like a very physical, but athletic, like a rare multifaceted safety. They've got it. Derwin James. James. You need a linebacker. I can't remember who fit the bill here, but someone did that was, is able to do both, cover. This is all about the multiple ability of one linebacker and, and one safety. Because the safety can stop the, the run, the linebacker can cover. So now you've got that multiplicity, I guess you'd call it, okay? The third thing you need, because what they do is say, we'll give you four yards a run, we don't want to give you five and a half. You need a monster D tackle that can just gobble up. They don't have that. That's what they don't have. Mm. So now what's going to happen is are the Rams going to go again? Or I should check that. Are the Browns, are the Chargers going to go against their model and say, no, we got to stop the run. No light box for us. No. They're going to do their thing. And what are the Browns going to do? They're going to say, Chubb, yum, yum. Hunt. Time to eat. Up the, yeah. So one, I love over Chubb. Two, though. I think the Browns have that schematic edge. This is how many teams can run super effectively against the light box. Those are the teams that's going to struggle, uh, the Chargers are going to struggle against. I put the Browns at the top of that list. Who can, who's got a power running game better than the Browns? 
I mean, ten, Tennessee's the only one you put in the conversation. Yeah, and they're still one-dimensional. Who yeah. knows what's – I don't know, right? Yeah, I hear you, though. Dallas has a pretty good running game. They, they Better than we thought of be them. And they looked especially good, didn't they? Power running, too, from Pollard. Mm-hmm. Or, or both, I guess. In yeah. that game. All right, so I don't love – remember, though, I don't love the Browns because, I listen, Baker had a bad game last week. Boy, did he. Yeah, I mean, that, that could have been a blowout. Oh. What's he bringing you, a beer? Water. Okay, looks like a beer. Looks. I'm just saying. Are you detoxing? I am. You've been in Vegas like five weeks already trying to detox. Yeah, I've, I've been in Vegas for like, uh, I, I think it's been six weeks. And no, I got here at the beginning of all. Fascinating story. And I've gained 15 pounds. So, yeah, I'm detoxing. <laughs> you weren't thin when you arrived. No, I wasn't. Damn, the rattler's getting struck. All right, so have I convinced you, Steve? The fact that they the Chargers lost to Dallas, mm-hmm. and I see the similarities here, mm-hmm. and you certainly convinced me to bet Chubb over eighty one and a half rush yards. Yes, you, I, I am off the Chargers. You, uh, I think because I, I think I'll take a, an execution on that if I could with Chubb. Yes, I will get you down. Chubby, Chubby. Three hundred on our bet, crossfire. We got Chubby. Uh, yeah, do it if you can get a dime. I'll take it. Um, zero punts the Cowboys had against the Chargers. Zero. That's good. That's good. Next game. Your one star uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles. So you guys all copied me, but I had all these independent games. Go ahead. You were the last one to turn your picks in. Go ahead. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. The Eagles catching three and a half. I didn't pick that game. That's my pick. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Fez. I <laughs> apologize. Right. And, you know, this just comes down to when I watched the Eagles-Kansas City game, it really threes weren't as good as sevens. Neither team punted the entire game, and oftentimes it just comes down to red zone randomness, mm-hmm. and the Eagles didn't get their touchdown, so they didn't cover. So what game was this? Philly uh, lost to KC 42-30. Right, do me a favor, McKenzie. Go to that site that has that for the late down split. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And go to that game and see what the negative leverage was um, for Philly and late downs. Go ahead. And in week two, there was a similar game against San Francisco where Philly, you look at the underlying stats, the way the game got played, and Philly only got 11 points in that game, and they really should have done better as well. So there's two games that Philly underperformed on the scoreboard versus what the flow of the game was and the stats. And they've had a few half-point or point disadvantages, like we said, San Francisco off the minicamp. Uh, Kansas Great City in point. a must-win spot. Great. So, so, so they're getting dealt bad situational spots game after game, and I don't see this as a bad spot for for a one and three Philly team. And in general, like one and three is like a point of demarcation. If you go, this used to be a, a stat. I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers. It used to be if you just blindly backed a one and three straight up team against a three and one straight up team, that that was a really solid winning subset. I apologize, I don't have the numbers on that. But uh, if you go to one and four, you're really up against it to make the playoffs. So teams really bring a sense of urgency at one and three. What do you got, AJ? Yeah, I'm I'm not real heavy on this game. I, I kind of lean the Eagles. I, I got to be honest, I've been impressed by Sam Darnold. I didn't want to be impressed by Sam Darnold. I've been shocked at how efficient he's been. So what do you, the, when they played finally a good defense or decent defense, how did you think of him last week? I mean, he still looked okay. He looked okay. The defense didn't look good against the Cowboys, but Sam Darnold looked just fine, I think. 
What was the cute? All right. So, by the way, in that KC Philly, late down EPA, uh, Philly actually was up 1.3 points over average, but KC was up 12 points. So, net net, we're going to say 11 point edge for KC. So They won by. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Now, KC's better. Now, here's the question that assumes all teams are equal. In that spot, but KC's just good on third and fourth. So how how do you balance that? I don't know. It's interesting because they're good on offense. They're not good on defense usually. KC. Hmm, that's true. But Philly's got a below average offense, right? And they were one point three points over. Yeah. yeah. So now, if you look at turnovers, KC was minus four. Philly was plus four. So um, that's four points. That you know, th- and this is what uh, plus four points. Yeah, yeah, plus four points of EPA points. Yes. So they're just trying to take the luck out. What's the URL on this, Mackenzie? Neflo, N-F-E-L-O.com. Yeah, this guy's doing some really good stuff. Um, okay. So I, I, I guess it speaks to your point that Philly, but they did play. It was just their defense was bad in a way in the red zone more than anything. And you're saying you don't have much. What do you think about... I'm listen. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of love for Sirianni after the first game. Atlanta's turned out to be a bad team. I mean, could we make the case that the one game they won was against one of the worst teams in the league? And that's what do they got? Fez? Yeah, Atlanta number 28. I mean, they they crushed Atlanta, so it wasn't like they just got a cheap win. Good matchup edge with the physical line. The lines on both sides. That's a great point. That 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 absolutely but the San Francisco game. I mean, they played, and San Francisco was healthy when they played them, and they could have won that game. They, it, the ball bounced wrong for them in that game. Yeah, the Eagles, they've got one win over a really bad team, and all their losses are to above-average teams, to, to really good teams. So they're all above the, the line. It, Philly's a hard team for me to read. And then the, the Panthers are kind of the same way. Their three wins came against bad teams. They played a good team. They, they got beat up. So I, I don't really know what either of these teams are yet. And, and you're I, talking a lot about the game. <laughs> you know, that is a tendency. You know, Carolina's oh, win okay, against okay. Houston, we really have to downgrade that because, remember, that's the one game Mills looked okay. And so all of a sudden that Carolina D, I think we've we, we got to really downgrade it because they got absolutely whacked against Dallas. And the fact that Mills was able to move the ball somewhat, that's um, – that looked impressive when they, you know, held him in check. Well, now after Buffalo beat Mills forty to nothing, not so much. I keep hitting this mic, AJ. I w- listen. I'm looking out for the listener. If if that if if you know, I guess I'll just say this. Game done changed. Game the same. Just got more fits. You you up for it? Okay. <laughs> All right, Fezzy. I, I hear you. I don't know. Sirianni worries me. I just heard. I think there's so many question marks. I just think that first game was such an impression on us. It's a Philly, man. And, and I do love Todd Rule. You know, Rule's a real Matt good Rule. coach. Matt, Matt I love Todd Rule also. He went, Todd's I, brother. I went to high school with Todd Rule. He's on my chess team. You loved him. He was a good guy. Oh, I thought you meant. We don't judge, Fez. Next game. <laughs> Falcons Jets in London, the Falcons favored by three. And who's got that? Nobody. And we're on to games that we've 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 run so through I did all my our games. One star. All right. One star was the uh, the Browns. You uh, guys sure. had the crossfire. That sure. seemed like I should be like a four. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, we. I'm giving us one minute a game. Go. Twenty seconds each. Fast. 
power ratings only make the game two and a half, but the Jets had to spend 41 minutes, their defense on the field, 93 plays. That's not a team I want to back the next week, especially when traveling to London. So I pass. Yeah, I don't love this game either. I I think that the Falcons actually played a pretty good game last week. I I don't know how they found a way to lose that thing, but the fact that they did makes me not trust them. Which game are we talking about? Uh, The Falcons were up by, how much were they up by in that game? An eight-point lead in the final four minutes to the football team, and they gave that that win up. Football team's got some lucky wins under our belt. They do. Uh, but listen, I, I I haven't seen enough. I saw one good game from Zach Wilson. I know a lot of people are excited about the Jets. Now all of a sudden, I'm I'm Who's not excited that. about the Jets. Well, the well, let's go to the entire city of New York is let's like go to Dave thinks Esler's the Jets and bet. Giants okay. are going to the Super Bowl. Well, I don't think he's excited about the Jets. I think he might be excited about the Jets getting three against the Falcons. Let's listen. I love him bet the Jets plus three over the Falcons. The Jets are getting better. They've played three and a half very good defenses. And against the half good defense last week, they scored 24 points, which was seven more than the first three games combined. We will attribute some of that to getting Crowder back and their offensive line improving after allowing 15 sacks in the first three games. Wilson was only sacked once against the Titans, and only three teams have less sacks this season than the Falcons. In fact, the Falcons' defense is allowing a 70% pass completion rate, and they allowed 112 points combined to three teams not named the Giants. Maybe Dean Pease should have stayed retired. The Atlanta defense is 26th in yards per play, the Jets' defense 7th in yards per play, and coached by Jeff Albrecht, who was with the Falcons for six years. I don't think you can overstate that, but I only have limited time. Situationally, I think a London trip for a 1-3 team that just lost at home to Washington has to suck. I think a London trip off an OT win where the Jets ran 33 less plays and had 14 less first downs than the Titans, I think it has to be awesome. Atlanta shouldn't be favored over many teams right now, and this is a WTF game for me, wrong team favored. Of course, Arthur Smith had success in Tennessee. He had Derrick Henry. The Jets have the better coach, the better defense, and I bet the J-E-T-S Jets plus three points. Diamond Dave. Hey, listen, he is like a guy. There's the old Warren Buffett story. You walk around looking for cigar butts in the gutter. You pick it up. You look at it in the light. You brush it off. You get that butane lighter out. Three different torches coming at it. And you get one sweet drag. That's that's Dave Esler in a nutshell. I don't know how I feel about a rookie quarterback going across the Atlantic Ocean to play a football game either. It just feels like a bad spot to the, for the Jets to me. How about an an elderly fellow, a quarterback? Listen, Matt Ryan's uh, Matt Ryan threw as many touchdowns in this football team game. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Then Zach Wilson. Hold on. Is this 1984? And we're counting touchdowns, like counting stats. Matty Ice, my ass. It's Matty lukewarm. I mean, Matty's a lot better than Zach Wilson. Well, listen, anyone's better right now than Zach Wilson, but he is trending right. Here's the question. You can't play bad teams laying points. You can't play Atlanta. Oh, I'm not saying to play them. So what I'm saying now, it's either a pass. That's a great point. Like, the Giants play Atlanta. Who's getting the field goal? Atlanta was getting the field goal. Good bet. Because this game's going to be like 17-14 again. Or maybe, but at least enough that it matters right. that much. Yes. And what I know is the Falcons are number 29. The Jets are number 30. My power ratings have the Jets one point worse. What's your say? 
Um, my power ratings have two and a half point difference between okay. the teams. So even so, how is it three goal? Why aren't you on the Jets? Because the 41 minutes the defense was on the field when they played Tennessee in overtime. So okay, the, that plus the travel. Yeah. So why didn't you say that? I did. Oh, I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> that was good. All right, next game. Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Titans minus good. four and a half at the Jags. I just listen. I just want to say one quick. No need to believe in either side or any side. The belief is in your own precision. Now, occasionally I don't listen, so it's not quite as precise. But go ahead. Titans minus four and a half at the. Jags. It all depends on whether the Titans' wide receivers are going to play. So if the wide receivers play, I like Tennessee minus the four. Without that information, we saw what happened without them against the Jets. Now, does is the can we double dip? On the under Tennessee. When we went under Tennessee team total last time. If the wide receivers are out, yes. Okay. So what's the. Oh, no, no, we can't because Jacksonville with this whole stupid like Urban Meyer. But do we think it hurts the defense? Yes, because the defense requires more energy and they'd be more likely to like say, yeah, screw the screw my coach. He wouldn't even fly back with me. You don't know know the offense going to play their hearts out. They skill position players always play hard. See, I, I don't think it's even possible. There's so many young players on the Jags. They're all going for another contract. Every play is graded. I, I, I don't think they're going to be up, up, but I don't think either team is, right? I mean, I don't know. I saw some things in the Jags last week that I was like, oh, maybe they've got something. But that was their game. And then all this happened, and I'm like, they, they the team is upset They that Urban skipped the Monday meeting. It's like, oh, this is everything's just off. I don't want anything to do with. I this heard team. someone on Twitter said they were a beat writer. I just saw it. it was a beat writer for like 19 years. Never heard of a coach who didn't go back with his team. Yeah, an NFL coach. I have. I and, haven't heard of and, it either. And, and what a distraction! There's all these meetings going on in terms with the lawyers. Apparently, like, can they dismiss him for cause? Can they dismiss him for moral? Moral issues. I know that that happens sometimes. How in- could there be moral issues that he was talking to a girl? Like, what happened? Well, he said he was going to sp- go to spend, stay in Ohio to spend time with his grandchildren. Okay, so he, he, he owns the restaurant. Yes. Right? So he went to his establishment. Yes. Had dinner. Yes. And then the gal gave him a lap dance and he stuck Wait, his no fingers. No one gave in, him a lap dance. In her underbody. Yes. No one gave her a lap dance. No one gave anyone a lap dance. Right? It wasn't a strip club, was it? No. She just but, nuestled up to him and. She ad libbed. He. And the, 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 here's the question. He checked though. her oil. That's all. This is what I don't. Um, and by the way, A.J. Brown back at practice today. Julio Jones is still a little banged up. I'll take one. Yeah, well, true. That's a big difference. So I don't know the whole story. Then I heard there was second, second footage. And this is what I found interesting. And somehow there was some contact involved. Did it look... Did it look like they knew each other? Was this like, is this his goom on the side? And it's like, like somehow it got caught on film? I can't believe it was a stranger. It, they, oh, they looked very... Uh, I can can yeah, you? I, I think AJ's take. In fact, what are you? Why am I asking you, AJ? What are you? I, I think that some chick found out he was Urban Meyer and got drunk and nestled up to him, and Urban took some liberties. That's all. So the liberty was he grabbed her coochie? Yeah. Like a grab or a swipe? Almost like a, uh, like almost a lift motion. Almost like he was going to like <laughs> enter her from below with her pants on. Yeah. May- <laughs> wow. Well said. Yes. Like a puppet. <laughs> Yes, he tried to he tried to make her mouth move. You didn't have to go there. 
I just was thinking of the movement. That's all. So, but he, I was but he looked Nitzel. he looked really happy, yeah. and he's looked so unhappy on the sidelines. So finally, he, he smiled. He, yeah. oh, it was the first smile I've seen at him in a while. So is she pressing charges? No. Then that means they know each other. Is my speculation allegedly? You know, that's a great point. You because don't think famous guys just randomly run into chicks. I, who... I think they used to do that. I think nowadays you do that stuff. You know, you're gonna get sued, especially yeah. once there's film of it yeah. or footage. Well, of maybe it. so. I should be. I mean, let's be candid. If he puppeted you like that, you'd be suing. Oh yeah, he's Urban Meyer. I gotta get the get those. That's the point. Huh? So with all the distractions, I cannot bet the Jaguars. With all these internal meetings and distractions, you gotta give Urban Meyer credit in a way. He doesn't give an f. Like think about it. He says, "I want this strength coach. I'm gonna hire this strength coach." Now, again, we could say, well, there's this, there's that. He obviously didn't believe that. I don't think he likes racing. Listen, here's what I believe. You never know what's the deepest in a man's heart. But if anyone's been, you've been around a college football team, AJ. Mm -hmm. The black culture is the culture on a football team. No doubt. I mean, it's just it, what it is. And if you're a, someone that doesn't like black people, it's going to be hard to be a good coach. You could be a coach, but it's going to be hard to get all those players to believe in you all those years. When the, the biggest change that happened at the University of Texas when I was covering it was Mac Brown started letting them play rap music in the in the locker room. When you say them, who do you mean? The players. Okay. The players. Uh, Vince Young was pushing for it, pushing for it, and Mac Brown finally acquiesced, and he like actually started like dancing and stuff, which was corny. But the team just rallied around that. Like it was, it it was him accepting that. Listen, this is the this is the culture in this building now. Now, were they playing other music before? I think there was. It, I don't. I, now listen, you were never allowed in the locker room at Texas, okay. so I, I can't say for sure. From what I understand, it was a very sterile environment before. So and there they, wasn't like Waylon Jennings no, on, but you no, couldn't no. put I, on Jay-Z. No, it was a, a matter of they didn't like to have loud music in the in the locker room. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not possible. And I think back in the old days when it was more of a you know, I'm not saying Bear Bryant was racist. I'm saying like in that era, I think you could be stern enough and the players had such limited options then maybe you could pull it off and be a racist and still be successful. I, today, with the poor, especially now with the poor, I just don't think so. Though the portal doesn't apply to Urban Meyer in college, but I don't know, Mackenzie, what's your, you might have a little something to say here. I guess the question I'd ask is, do you feel like a coach could be as successful as Urban Meyer and be a racist? Yes, I do. <laughs> really? Yes, I do. So how, like, So you don't think the players would pick up on it? They might, but I, I don't think being a racist makes you necessarily actively racist. That that would dis that would that would bar you from having positive relationships with people that you think less of because of your racism. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have the same worldview as as me. That which you know gives all so, people a so chance. So what you're saying is, if you don't have your worldview, you're a racist. If you don't give people a chance to be more than their race, which I think some effective coaches could have, then yes, I would call you a racist. So that's your definition, is if someone can't transcend. So me asking you here is being racist. No, because you could transcend it. You, that's you, true. You, you view me as a person. No, I'm, that, that's true. That's true. I'm, hey, listen, if you fuck up, I yell at you just to say. <laughs> no, you say you mother... No. <laughs> All right, so that's an interesting point. Um... But let me ask you this. What per, last question. What percentage of people in the United States, and obviously this is a generalization, it's about no individual, AJ, is are racist? It's, like a, sli it's a sliding term. I said everyone, everyone has 
beliefs that are biased and racially biased, but I'd say 10% are what we call racists. Okay. But what you call. Sure. Okay. 10%. And you think that you could be in the top 10% of racism, racist being, and still be an effective college football coach in the modern era. Wow. I don't know that much about college football. I think it would hurt you, but I think so, yes, it's possible. Yeah, but Urban Meyer has been like the second most successful coach ever, you could say, or one, you know. All right. (sighs) Next game. Or is that it? Well, I mean, do you have a strong lean on the the game itself? No. Listen, Dave Malinsky, RIP, had a great theory. You can have a power rating, but you need another column, which is your certainty level, your assurance level, A, B, C, or D. It's four levels. I, I feel great about this rating. I feel Jacksonville's a D. I don't know how they're going to come out here. So. Looked good on on Thursday night football. Yeah. Played yeah. well. The team looked like they, they were coming together post-game. And now all this. What I'll say is the language that Urban Meyer has been using from the start when there's been trouble has felt very us versus them. He keeps talking about team leaders instead. Of, so to me, I think he's laying the groundwork. He knows he's gone soon enough. I, I, I tell you this. What kind of odds would I have to give you that he finishes next year, the second year? I don't see it. But what coach ever this early would you say was an underdog to finish two years? Like, I know coaches have been fired after one year, like the Cardinals Oh, oh, oh yeah, the Cardinals guy was the only one I could think of. We would have never said that after. Yeah. I mean, this is unique territory. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Vikings, minus nine and a half, hosting the Lions. Number jumped <laughs> up today. I, I don't want to bet against the Lions. Because I think they're playing hard. I think the Vikings are underrated. I don't know how interested they are in getting margin pass. Key injuries for the Lions. Their, their O-line could be in real bad shape if Sewell can't go. So keep an eye on that. I don't want any part of them if their O-line's in, in patchwork. So the Lions, if the injury's right? Yes. Clean. AJ. Lions lost their best pass rusher uh, for the season. Romeo Aquara, done. Uh, and today they put their, they've got a Pro Bowl center, Frank Ragnow, on IR. So I, I, their injuries are piling up as well. I want nothing to do with the Lions. I think at some point you fight hard, fight hard, fight hard. I'm seeing less fight in the Lions every 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 you know following week. I think they're running out of steam. They know that this thing is kind of collapsing. I, I can't bet them, but you know, I'm also I, not giving nine and a half. I do I, Vikings. I do think I think they fought hard every single game, even when they lost to the Bears. I think they played their hearts out. They just yeah. yeah I mean, I I, I, I think people apply their narrative to the way they react to situations. Maybe so. I mean, what I'm saying is I think if you're in it for six years like this, you're not – they know they're losing. Now the question is are they building culture? If you, I actually have some optimism for the Lions midterm. And, again, for the Lions, I mean, they, maybe they make the playoffs with it. That's an interesting – Playoffs? Hold on a second. And I was going to say the next four years. So this year and the next three. Obviously, this year's slim. Yes, no, bet, even money. Do they make the playoffs? One time. Well, I just made a good number, didn't I? AJ? No. I think it's a good number. Mm-hmm. I'd take either side plus 120. That's what I do, Fez. <laughs> what you got, AJ? No. No. Exactly. Steelers minus. Well, you you want to do? You you want to you want to lay 110? No. So you don't. So you have an opinion that isn't really an opinion. Yes. 
then keep the list. That's why I try to move on to the next game. That's next what you told game. me to do. Steelers minus one hosting Broncos. We talked about this. this I, I want this to be our answer. I want to play first half under 20. I really do like this. I, I know Big Ben could screw us, but it's more likely he gets too aggressive in the second half. Both teams know if they but don't screw up. Isn't Locke higher variance? No, because both. This is one, we've seen this, this movie before, right? That Locke, they, don't the Steelers pick six one on Locke? In the second half. They, right now, that. Denver knows the only way they lose right. is if they screw up on offense. If they don't turn the ball over, they're going to win. You know what Pittsburgh's saying? If we don't screw up and we don't turn the ball over, we're going to win, which means it's going to be 7-3 at the end of the first half. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make some dough. Good. Don't miss that open. All right. There's our three. Run them down, fast. Yeah, so we got San Fran plus a half in the first quarter. Yes. With the Tampa Bay team total to go under 29 Ooh, points. Sweet. And we got Denver, Pittsburgh under 20 points. Probably got to lay minus 120 no on that. No comment. No comment. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the. I, it's going to go 3 0. It's going to go 3 0. That's fine with me. That one's fine with me. 3 0. Okay. You like it too? I do like it. Uh, all right, go ahead. Tick. As far as the side on this game, I, I'm not betting the the Steelers as a favorite. It doesn't make sense to me right now. Their offense is abysmal. Uh, so they're a one-point favorite. They're a favorite. Uh, but the Broncos have a ton of injuries that I, yeah. I, I just don't know. And if Drew Locke. But the injuries are more on the offensive cluster side. Rec- cluster Judy, receivers Hamler. injuries. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. I got 45 seconds left. Anything else? No. Chubb's out, too. Chubb's up? What? Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. The other Chubb. Oh. Don't don't say Chubb either. Wad Chubb. All right, boys. We time shifted. That means there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, well, not a bunch. About we 10. got two games left. Oh, I'm out. All right. Bob Hope is out, everyone. <laughs> Raiders minus five and a half hosting the Bears. Uh, before RJ leaves. So, real quick. After these two muddle through these next two games, there's going to be a time shift. I love positively four street by Dylan. Oh, All yeah. those who laid minus 480 head to the window. What? But I didn't say anything about Dylan. Oh, yeah, but I just did. As long as there's a reference to Dylan in the <laughs> podcast, the cash. I just cashed my 20 no, to 1. No, no one cares if you mention Dylan. It's just a mention of Dylan. But there's he no R.J. Bell mention of Dylan. Yeah, it's true. He, he played you. Him. All right. Then under- Winner! <laughs> All right. Then under that theory, I'm going to give you a Dylan line. <laughs> in, in the greatest album ever made, Blood on the Tracks. He has a song called You're Gonna Make Me Lonesome When You Go. Great song. And it says, relationships have ended sad. My relationships, they've all been bad. Kind of like Verlaine and Rambeau. Uh-huh, the French poet. Mm-hmm. And he goes, then it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I got that wrong. Raiders minus five and a half hosting the Bears. <laughs> Raiders. I have nothing on this game. I literally don't want to bet this game. I don't know how good Fields is. It's it's what RJ says. Too much variance associated with Fields. I'll say this. Fields obviously look better. Change of play color, so there's a tangible reason for it. And I would also make the case, I think the Raiders are tired. Look at the run of games they've had. Four real close games, high-profile Monday night footballs, overtimes, two, two, two overtimes. Gruden crying about the locker room after the game. Somehow the locker room confused them. Yeah, it's like a labyrinth. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just saying it feels like this is an emotional team. Lightning delay indoors. A lot of stuff's been going on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm – at least I'm – It's a great, it's a great point. Yeah. 
I'm uh, just doing that in between looking at the lyrics. I'm not super strong on this, but I do think that the Raiders will be able to get after Justin Fields with four guys the way the Browns did, and that's going to cause some problems for Justin Fields. Justin Fields still holding on to the ball too long, and if they're, if that's the case against the Raiders, they're going to punish him for it. So, And no David Montgomery. They do have Darrell Williams. He's fine, but he's not special. Uh, and like I said, you saw that – the the Chargers disrupted Carr with that same strategy against, you know, rushing four, getting pressure with four. I don't think the Bears can do that against the Raiders. So I lean Raiders minus five and a half. All right, last game, Cowboys minus seven, hosting the Giants. Going to lean over. I can't help but think about when these teams played last year when Dak was – that was Dak's last game before he got hurt and what a shootout it was, 37-34, and that Dak and that offense for the Cowboys playing so well, Zeke playing so well. Uh, Daniel Jones playing better. I think a lot of points I could only look over. This Daniel Jones is a real question about the re, you know the fifth the fourth year. What are they going to do? They're going to pick up. You know, it's fascinating. So here we go. Um, the part I liked was related, but a little earlier. So I'll hit you with both of them here. It says so. It's about a you know love that's ending, or at least there's a separation happening. And it says, dragon cloud so high above. I've only known careless love. It always has hit me from below. But this time around, it's more correct, right on target, so direct. You're going to make me lonesome when you go. It always has hit me from below is a great line. That's how Urban Meyer hit that chick at the bar. I don't think it's the same context. (laughs) It's metaphorical, but you're right. It's similar. Now, then it says, and this is the end of it, situations have ended sad. Relationships have all been bad. Mine have been like Verlaine's and Rambeau's. But there's no way I can compare all those scenes to this affair. You're going to make me lonesome when you go. Nobel laureate, Bob Dylan. Whoa. Look at him. I got to ask you one more, one more question about a song. police song. When he sings, you know, he sees her. It's no use. He starts to shake and cough, just like that old man in that book by Navrakoff. Was that like a really good reference or what? Yeah. Well, it's about Lolita, right? So yeah. It's a great book, Lolita. All right, RJ has Fez, endorses Fez, police. Fez has more culture than I realized. <laughs> he's got a AJ has a son, Mary, or a name for Holden, Holden Caulfield, yeah. and, and he's quoting Nabokov books. I mean, I, or references to them. Don't let that little boy grow up too fast. I know, no, man. maybe uh, I'm having an influence. Maybe, well, yeah. Right before I had my son, I said, you know what? Who'd really appreciate this? Aspiring to be with. Him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I got to lean to the Cowboys here. It, and mostly because their running offense has been way better than I think we thought it was going to be. How good does Zeke actually look? He's, My goodness. And Pollard's great. I mean, so they've got a, the, that one-two punch suddenly is right to the front of the line in terms of the two best running backs in the league. Dallas is the best rushing team per DVOA. And it's not really close. They are they are running the ball effectively and running it a lot more than they're, – they're tr- attempting to run a lot more than they did early last season – and it's, I think it's making Dak even better. Like, the numbers aren't as cartoonish as they were last year. But Dak looks really good. He looks healthy. I want to say one thing. AJ, we were teasing you today. Your, pre- your NFL has gotten better. Thank you. It's like he adds a lot to this pod at this point, Fez. I mean, I know you were talking about him not being on it, but <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, when the other guy fell through, so <laughs> we really have to stick yeah, with him. Uh, yeah, you're stuck with me. <laughs> Uh, and and you you mentioned earlier Saquon Barkley looked good. He looked good catching the ball. Yes. They're still not running the ball. They can't get that's any push point. with that offensive line. He's been an effective pass catcher, and that's helped Daniel Jones. But 
Like if you can't run the ball, it is, I think this Dallas team is going to wear their ass down. Could could well happen. Um, I can't I can't get past the the fact that with an idiot coach and a seven point spread, Dallas could easily be up eleven and blow the cover. Could be. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, the Week Five Dream Preview. Let's go through our uh, our picks here. Uh, mine are Ravens five, 49ers four, Bills three, Pats two, Dolphins one, Fez 49ers five, Dolphins four, Pats three, Chargers two, Eagles one, and RJ is 49ers five, Dolphins four, Packers three, Ravens two, Browns one. We will talk to you guys next week. All right, we're time shifting. We went long t- on this part, so we're going to take – you're now hearing this at the end of the pod. It was earlier. But not much earlier, because I'm going to speed us through the end. This got moved to the end. We'll talk to you next week. By the way, we got three great picks on the derivatives, except we really haven't made the second one. But I know we will. So at least two great ones and the third one I expect to be great. That is true transparency. Bye. I got it. I'm thinking of rewatching One Tree Hill. <laughs> you, you watched it already? Yeah. No, you have not. Oh my God! I lo- what was her name? The blonde with the sk- the bony elbows, Haley. That's no, not Haley. Haley was the what was her name? Her Kylie oh. Frost. No. Maybe you have watched this show. <laughs> oh my God, I have. I can sing the song. What? Do it. Oh, I. Uh, you know something? Don't say you can do it and then not do it. I could if I looked. You at the said lyrics. I can. It, uh, here's what I know. It, <laughs> it starts out where it's like blah blah blah. There's like. And I'm in the right, right, like that. You can't sing the song. No. You shouldn't have said that. Sound like a Nirvana song. Come on. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. We got another. We got another rule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, for a couple things. Go look at the. Hallie Burton, I think, was her name. Haley James Scott was the oh, character. Oh, right, hold on a second. Haley James Scott was the Haley who married the basketball player. Don't call it a comeback. Okay. <laughs> Hillary Burton. Yes. Yeah. Was Peyton Sawyer in the show. Peyton, that's the name. Peyton was my type of gal. <laughs> like she was Bony like, elbows. That's what I like. Yeah, I like that. She was really like Rambo. And you probably don't know. It's not no. Rambo, the French poet Rambo. Oh, not, not the, familiar uh, with him. Not, All right. not the the war hero. <laughs> he was a hero. Oh, okay. And now he can't get a job at a freaking gas station. Remember, he was throwing... Charge a multi-million dollar equipment. Uh, I tell you this. I don't care what you say. Rambo 1 was a great movie. If you don't think so, you're wrong. Okay. And you know how I know this? Do you disagree? No. You think... Say it. Rambo 1 was a great movie. I think Rambo 1's a a good movie. So you don't think it's a great movie? I guess I've never considered it a great movie. You know who thinks it's a great movie? Who? Oh, I don't know. A guy named Oliver Stone who did Platoon... Probably the first authentic Vietnam movie, though Apocalypse Now is a better movie. It yeah. wasn't in a Vietnam movie, effectively. What made Rambo one a great movie, and so I'm not agree. a movie buff. I agree. Oh, that means I might be wrong. No, yeah. I think you'll agree with this. Whenever there's a character that's like an everyman, like kind of like a Hill Street Blues character with flaws, but some stuff going for him, they, the, the guy in charge, Will, the, uh, and, and the police, he wasn't a bad guy. He was bad to Rambo. He was a bad guy. He wanted to kill a war veteran because he he got mad because he didn't like the mistreatment he got in jail. 
Like, I'm not saying Rambo was right. I'm saying that they were both wrong. But I'm, I'm saying, like, Will out in the woods was trying to save his guys, and he felt actual remorse when one of his other guys got he killed. He wanted Rambo dead. Because he wanted revenge for his for his fellow guy he'd worked with for 10 it, years that got fell out of the helicopter when he threw Rambo through the rock at him. Did he die? Oh, yeah. I don't he think fell, he died. I don't died. think he had Rambo. I don't know. Maybe No, right. dude fell under the rocks. It but was listen, all over. Let's explain something. When Rambo comes to town... And you're going to hose him down like he's an animal? Yeah. No. Yeah, Someone's going to die. What was that Brian Dennehy? Is that yes. The, he's yeah. a great actor. Where's, where's Rambo rank on Vietnam movies? People think I'm crazy here. I mean, I haven't seen every Vietnam movie, right? Obviously, Full Metal Jacket is the one that's the question. Because it, cause that is one of the greatest, if not greatest, director of all time, Stanley Kubrick. But it wasn't his best movie. It probably was his worst movie, but it was still a great you movie. Know, I like it a lot. Yeah. Apocalypse you probably now? like the first half better than the second half, right? Well, no. The I training like the part. Thing. Well, most people love the training and the movie after, not as much. Though I think the whole them singing Mickey Mouse at the end was a very powerful. I saw that in the theater. That last shot's amazing. All right. So Apocalypse Now is number one. Because okay. Apocalypse, now the question is, is that really a Vietnam movie? Because it's from the book Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad is the... You're not a fez, you're a heart of darkness guy? Yeah, I had to read it in AP. Oh, my gosh, okay. And it's, a, I mean, it really, I mean. Thank you, Mr. Bell. N- well, I my, mean. My I'm 11th so- grade teacher, he was, oh, he <laughs> oh, was incredible. He, he was, was a Mr. Great Bell? Teacher. Yeah, Terrence okay. Bell. He was like the best, t- Oakwood High School. All right. Well, that's great that you said that. I mean, odds are at least 50% he's listening. I mean, if you look at the numbers. No, someone who knows fifty percent, he's dead. <laughs> no, he was. He was. Oh, that's young, sad to think he was. About. He was like only ten years older than I was. So oh, okay. So, oh yes, Peyton. Oh look. Oh, oh, look how you. bony those elbows are. It's amazing. It's the <laughs> that only is a, way to describe. That is a fine-looking woman. <laughs> I mean, and it, you know, I, I personally liked her as a friend, but okay, but <laughs> <laughs> but she listen at the time. If anyone was reading Salinger and they were had bony elbows, I would that's what that's what you were for. Even Steve Smith. That time. I, I didn't mean to say Steve. I was just gonna say a guy's name and then it was like, wait, I didn't want to say that. Well, you never had bony elbows. Even when you played chess, right? I was kind of scrawny as Oh, a until kid. you started lifting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm I am gonna rewatch it now. <laughs> you guys agree, right? Oh yeah. Well, Mackenzie, I thought you didn't like girls in shape. No, I would have asked her. I would ask her to get uh, to eat more, but yeah, she's you'd, all right. You'd feed her more Chex Mix. Yeah, the yeah. chicken nuggets. You know, I got I got to interject here. I be careful. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of guys out there that like bigger bone, full figured women, right? Mm-hmm. But my theory Usually is the guys that can't get my the theory exactly. They've been rejected by these <laughs> women, and they're so angry about it that they justify like, oh, I don't, I don't like that pie. I only like like the, the this, you know. But but if they actually were you know, had success with a woman like that. I think it would success. change. I would change. It What's would change the priorities rate? significantly. He's a janitor at a high school. Has to take the bus to work every day. <laughs> so you're saying those guys like Mackenzie's kind of girl and AJ's? Yes. What do you have to say, AJ? I would bet that my success rate ah! with, <laughs> with skinny women is higher than yours, Fez. Oh. What are you, you going to do? Let's consider budget here. 
Okay. There's no, there's no crossfire here. I mean, what's, what, what, what are you gonna do next? Take you go ahead and take New England against Alabama this week. Okay, New England's gonna win. No, but what I'm saying is, all that time on the on Hollywood and that discretionary income that counts, buddy. All, all I know is he's he's got to follow this one gal. What's counts. her name? Terry on Twitter. You got this this one gal that follows you that I. How like. do you even know this? You can't miss her. Tracy. Tracy. You, you can ask me about her. That's yeah. a fine-looking woman, also. God. These are people. Like human beings. Man. I mean, what's wrong? I just thought she, I, 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 we shared an ethos. And I like, listen, you know, we all like what we can't be. I like bony elbows. <laughs> I mean, who are we kidding? So Apocalypse Now, then Rambo? No. Um, platoon. Platoon. Okay. And, and Agreed. You got you to gotta, you gotta give points for the innovation of it. And Oliver Stone did an interview with Joe Rogan about a year ago, they talk about a lot of stuff, four hours, I think, and Platoon, how hard it was to get that made was a big part of it. And that's when he said how good Rambo was. Deer Hunter? You know what's amazing? There's like five or seven movies that you'd be shocked I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. Really? It's I've been waiting to see it on the big screen. When there's a movie that I know is great, that eventually I'll be able to see it. on the, And I like to see it the first time on the big I got screen. news. Those, I think big screen that's going away. Uh, I actually, I think it's the opposite. That that those would be more events. Like you know, certain movies, you got all the Marvel movies and all that. How do you even watch those on a small screen? I mean, listen, as long as the pandemic lingers, but at a certain point, God, I got good news. What? We we are past the worst of. Uh, I've I've studied all the numbers. And okay, Doctor Fezzik. The average case count is dropping below hundred thousand. It will not go back above. It will be a slow, steady decline. We'll be at thirty-eight thousand by December thirty-first, and the pandemic will be over. We've solved it. It's solved. All so, right. those yet so these draconian rules of people getting vaccinated, if they're in an employee of someone over a hundred or whatever that is, that is you're saying not necessary. Now, obviously, cutting people's hands off, like let's say that if if. Uh, shoplifting is sky high and then they say we're going to cut your hands off iranian style okay but then before that's implemented it drops down and someone says well do we still need to cut their hands off you could say well it's going to help but is it necessary it's it's unnecessary at this point especially there's states like massachusetts that the the adult population vaccination rate is is approaching 80 percent so that's a sign of in your mind the intelligent people (laughs) well mit is in massachusetts not louisiana it's funny (laughs) yeah so it's so funny how i i I, somehow the lefties force me to fall on the side of the righties though i'm not either and it's, I know people say that, but it's like, I'm a pure libertarian, man. And you know what? Government shouldn't tell you what to do. I agree. I mean, that's just, I mean, now I get it. There's a line in which if we're all going to die over it, that, okay, now it's martial law. And it's actually, there's actually provisions in the constitution for martial law. It's like, okay, there's a certain time the government got to try to take over. And you know what? The people can decide to follow them or not. Or they can fight them. Remember, they wrote the Constitution right after they overthrew a ruler that was unfair to them in their minds. Or at least they taxed them a lot. At least that was unfair to them. So to me, it's like the bar is pretty freaking high to dictate to people what they put in their bodies. 
right? I can think of a few arguments I don't want to get into that that, you know, a person's sanctity of their body is really important. And if it is, shouldn't that extend? It seems like both parties are hypocritical when it's convenient. They're contradictory when it's convenient. You could make the same case about the right and say, oh, if life matters so much, why not euthanasia? You know, well, I, let's think about that. Why, 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 Hold on a second. Go ahead. Because I, I, I misspoke there. Euthanasia, the Republicans are against, right? Yeah. And they're against abortion. But they're pro-war. Well, I, the question is, does war, and it's a valid question. Some wars save lives. Sure. Right? Against Hitler, I think it saved lives. Now, where's the bar? That's a question. And, and I do think that you could make the case, hey, let's give the, the Republicans responsibility for the Gulf War, which they deserve. And obviously, Bush was the architect, or at least the driver. And that, in hindsight, doesn't seem like it's a very unpopular war in hindsight. So, yeah, I agree with that. And generally, I don't think there's ever been a time that the, the Democrats were more of a war party. Though you could make the case, not people hate this, um, Trump was the least warring president hmm. like since world war ii yeah i mean if you by objective measure what did trump get us into nothing he got us out of things right and he's the guy who started the afghan withdrawal so listen it's never it's like a handicap there's going to be both sides of this that's why there's smart people on both sides but everyone wants to act like the other side's idiots and to me that's the problem but we're well on the path to recovery is the good news yeah. regardless of what happens uh-huh i agree I, I don't know enough to agree but i trust your judgment on it because i know you spend my a lot wi- of time my wife does she, you know, she yeah. gives me updates no i hear you, uh, you know. and all these 12 year olds are going to get vaccinated within the next three months that that makes a big deal when the kids are catching it you know and then they're giving it to their parents so the only person in my house that's had it is my nine-year-old really mm-hmm. how how oh. how was well, he was sim- eight how was the symptoms uh, it, it's funny because I felt like a bad dad because he was at a, he was, a, he's a catcher. He was at a baseball game and he was just sluggish and letting balls get past him. And I was like, dude, what is going on with you? I was you screaming. At him. I was. It's I was like, like, you're dude. moving like you got COVID boy. <laughs> Get it together. And my son was eight. He was already playing like in a 10 year old league. So he's already at a disadvantage. Oh, it's like I'm the like, coach of the Yankees and bad news bears I'm like, right dude, there. Are you going to, are you going to get your head in this game and start helping out right now? And on the way home, he so, falls asleep in the back seat. And I was like, uh Oh. Something's going on. I'm surprised here. you didn't like blow a horn in his ear or something. But he he had a, a low grade fever for like two days, and then he just had to stay home from school for a week. Happened to be spring break, canceled our spring break plans, and, and that was that. And you were mad over that? You gave him a no. beating over that? No, <laughs> I felt bad that I got on his ass about baseball when he had COVID. You, well, you know, you, you watch the Bad News Bears, the original, right? Yes. Well, hold on one second. When when the kid first told what's his son's name Holden when Hol- Holden Caulfield that's what he's named after wow so I mentioned Catcher in the Rye you Sal- mentioned Salinger yeah yeah you didn't connect it I did I mean I did have you I read the Catcher in the Rye it's my favorite best why I named my son after the character yeah wow could you imagine AJ's favorite book but anyway when he said I don't feel real good Dad and he wanted to come out of the game and you were in no position to challenge my expertise <laughs> I mean. That was rude. <laughs> it was. I feel bad about it. The speech of the Yankees coach before the championship oh, game, he's God. like, I'm not going to talk about winning. I'm going to talk about losing today. You lose to those bunch of ragamuffins over there, you're going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. Unless you get COVID and die. That's you. That's yeah. you, right? That's what I told him.